Welcome to episode 63 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host with a career wins above replacement of about a half, I guess, uh, Brad Drack V. Let's see what the Bash Brothers from the East Coast are up to first. Dave the Alcadron Vader. How's your week? How's your vacation? Vacation's really good, and I was doing really well until the last five seconds when you started saying words. <laughs> I, I don't get it either. <laughs> I, there, there are a handful that will get it, but it, it's all based off our Discord chat earlier. Sabermetrics and baseball and all that good stuff. Oh, it's baseball. It's nerd, nerd stuff. Sportball. <laughs> See, I went over this in my head for like an hour. I almost, I almost gave you an, an OPS. I almost gave Liam some FIP numbers, some sabermetrics. Like it was going to be a whole thing, and this is These where mean I landed. Nothing so. to me. <laughs> I, I'm going to trust that the uh, sabermetric that you were going to give me is going to be really good. So I will take, I will take Hall of Fame numbers. I will take the compliment that you didn't actually give as the compliment, and I will pass things along. <laughs> My confusion has been satiated. I am, I'm now back to being really good. All right, uh, Liam, are you also really good? Are you, are you less confused now? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. You say you were going to give me like a blip <laughs> number, but that didn't really work out for the people in the <laughs> MCU. So I, I think I'll pass. Oh, that's great. You guys are entertaining. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's that's what makes us professionals. Oh, all right. I'm going to see if I can podcast. stumble my way through this because it's not in the how, show notes. We got to do some housekeeping. How how are you doing? Oh, oh, I am doing well. I'm doing well. I'm finally like whatever the opposite of melted is now that the heat wave is over. I was just sort of like a gelatinous pool on the floor for about a week. Uh, but I'm I'm back. I'm I'm unified as a as a person again and feeling good. Feeling good. Things are busy. Summer's coming to a close. Uh, school started, all that good stuff. So uh, typical adult things, but going pretty well. Glad to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if we can get through this housekeeping. If you like the show, you like what we're doing here, consider supporting the, supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. By being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is usually just a uh, like a short recording of us catching up for the week, a, a mini bonus episode every every week, if you will. You also get early access to the episode before it goes live, usually the night before. And I also post the show notes for each episode onto Patreon so you can follow along with what we are talking about for the week. Uh, finally, you get access to the PDH pod discord where you can chat with the crew, get help with your decks talk about saber metrics all the good nerd stuff that you love to talk about and then finally check us out on youtube and on twitch we're the pdh pod on both those platforms as well and the latter is where i stream spell table paper well not always paper but spell table uh, pdh every saturday evening and i think that almost wraps up housekeeping liam do we have any this weekend magic so there were some secret layers that were released yes Today, mm-hmm. I think Tuesday. I'm not sure. Time is a construct. Yeah, whole bunch uh, of there were some secret layers. It's the fall <laughs> super drop. Uh, there were some comments scattered throughout, like there always are. My general feelings on it is I don't know about y'all, but I feel like these secret layers continuously devolve deeper into madness with like the art they're putting on them. Like, yeah, these were particularly like 
Yeah, like every single time they release a new one, I'm just like, "Yep, that's on a magic card," and then I ignore it. Yes, <laughs> can't undo like, that. Uh, and then I ignore it and move on with my life because yeah, I you know I know that the whole new marketing tactic is like maybe this isn't for you. I think I can definitively say that like Secret Layers after like 2020 are just not for me. Yeah, pretty much after the uh, I bought two of them. I bought the Serum Visions and the Lightning Bolt, and pretty much since then <laughs> they have not been for yeah. me. Yeah. There have yeah. been a couple that I really enjoyed. Um, I bought been... some singles for my queue, like the Thraven Inspector, I think, and something else, but yeah. I was gifted the oozes many, many years mm. ago. Because, mm-hmm. like, that one, it's, it's, I mean, like Liam says, the art of that one is just really bizarre for magic cards. It looks like Adventure Time. Yeah. But I think it's pretty cool to have, like, those weird options available sometimes. Yeah, and, like, for sure. Like, it, yeah. Th- there are a bunch of cards that aren't for me. But there's a few cards that are, and I I like that they're available. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'm not writing off the whole thing altogether, but yeah, some of them are I, certainly. Fun. I have no quarrels with people that play with them. I'm just not going to. That's kind of how I fall into it. Yeah, that's totally like, fair. If you like that, that's cool. I'm gonna ask you to tell me what the card does because I can't read it. Because <laughs> it's in death metal font, <laughs> right, I can't right. read it's it. Like, but, it's like I'm gonna uh, ask you what the ahead. card is. I might ask you what it does. Oh, um, <laughs> those ones I don't like as much. Like, I like it yeah. when they're like, "Here's a magic card with different art." Like, that's great. When they're like, "Here's abstract art that someone somewhere decided meant letters," I'm like, yes, "I don't." Here's a red square that represents. Like, <laughs> I don't. I right. The the ones that I legitimately cannot read. Those are like very yeah, irritating. The ones the ones that are like yeah. actually reminiscent of a magic frame, like they have like borderless art or they are in a magic frame with new art. Like I love those. Like the, the artist series ones that they've been doing for like the last two and a half years, those are great. Sure. Um yeah. now, you know, I'm not I'm not a person that's like big on like having a favorite artist, so the artist series is never really going to pertain to me. But I, I do enjoy looking at those. I do enjoy the uh what is it, the the narratives that the artists get to put together. But like the yeah. ones that are like complete just nonsense, you know that that, that vaguely remembers uh, resembles a magic card. I'm just like, eh, I'll pass on that. Yeah, just because it's uh, yeah. the right like, size and has roundish like, corners. The so Jessica <laughs> card. I swear to God, I thought it was a phoenix for like nine hours on the card until I like <laughs> got to look at it on Scryfall and saw the high res image and saw the Jessica in the artwork. I thought the uh-huh. giant bud behind Jessica was Jessica. And I was like, that's that's not lore accurate. What are you guys doing? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I, because the focal point of that art is the giant uh, yeah. bird. Well, the, the focal point of the yep. art in the way that they layered it in the advertisement is the giant bud. But yep. when when you, you actually get to see the whole front of the card, Jessica is front and center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's... This secret drop was something else, man. Yeah, it was. It was I opened the website and I think I was on it for like 15, 30 seconds. And I was like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> You're like, nope, just I keep can't. scrolling. <laughs> the baseball card ones are kind of interesting. Is, is that... I, in, interesting in the fact that they've never really done that before. I don't like the fact that you have to like turn them over to see is the that what abilities the of the planeswalkers. In the Discord, I, I wasn't like really fully paying attention. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because then I think today or yesterday sometime, Watsi announced that they're printing jerseys with oh, the God. name of the the Planeswalkers that are on the cards, like on the back of the baseball jersey sort of thing. So you could get like a, 
of Vest, a Liliana Vest jersey. This week in magic, yada, yada, who's yada. naughtier? Baseball fans or weaves? <laughs> That's yeah, not a sentence much. I thought so, I'd ever say. So I like the baseball card ones. I don't know that I like all the abilities being on the back, but it is very oh. like true to the nature of Isn't baseball cards. Isn't that what cards. they did with um, the cereal secret layer? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like the yes. like the yeah. nutritional facts were on the back. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that one. Yeah, that was another. But see, they see they sucked me in with the baseball. I don't even care about the secret layer, but I'm paying attention to it because of I was baseball. Like, I don't know what these planeswalkers do. I know, but give me because <laughs> baseball. He's a planeswalker. God damn it, Morrow. <laughs> Got him. Get him on the show. Got yeah, him. we need to talk about this. All right, so we talked about some new secret layers. Let's move on to the main topic where we get to talk about some new cards, shall we? We are actually on our sequel trip to Eldraine, and like every new standard slash premiere set, uh, we actually got a handful of new mechanics, and I think Liam has agreed to sort of break down briefly what these new mechanics are going to are gonna give to us, these new treats, if you will. What do you got, Liam? Yeah, this is going to be super-duper brief. Uh, Sounds good. I lost the mechanic list, so I'm going to go off memory. <laughs> adventures. We know what adventures do. We saw them in Eldraine. We saw them in Baldur's Gate, and we saw them somewhere else, I think. I'm not entirely sure. But they are instances and sorceries that are stapled to creatures and have extra complex rulings attached to them. Uh, no, I found it. You don't need to move it. <laughs> uh, Buggins. Buggin is a keyword that is attached to spells and permanents that does a thing. You get to Buggin spells. This is really just kicker. Uh, but when you Buggin a spell... All mechanics are just kicker. Yeah. <laughs> All mechanics boil down to kicker. Honestly. Uh, but instead of paying mana for a kicker cost, you get to Buggin with the spell. You are going to boggle with the spell, and it's going to ask you to sacrifice an enchantment, artifact, or token. Bingo. I think I got, got that it. right. Yep. Not necessarily in that order, but those are the three things you get to sacrifice. And if you buggled with the spell successfully, you get bonus effects. Uh, yep. We have Celebration, which is just the terrible love child of Alliance and Coven, caring about the ETB of Alliance and the special traits of a card like Coven does. I, what is, we talked about it. I forgot. Does Coven care about power or toughness? Uh, generally, power. Coven cares about power, but Celebration doesn't care about anything. Celebration just asks two permanents ETB. Enter. Right, but Alliance yep. triggers every single time a creature enters, versus Coven cares about multiple permanents existing, so that's kind of why it's there, because Celebration cares about two permanents. Uh, you could maybe I replace Coven with there. Battalion, because it cares about two or more creatures, and Celebration tends to care about two or more. But, like, it's it's weird. It's bad. Don't play it. Uh, rolls. <laughs> rolls is a new thing. Rolls are stapled onto a bunch of cards. It's kind of like extra extra little effects. Uh, there are seven different rolls, six available in the main set, one only available on the face commander of the green-white uh, commander deck. I almost said planeswalker deck. Uh, commander deck. And yep. they are auras that do a thing, depending on which one they are. <laughs> because yep. there's seven of them, and there's seven different effects, and I'm not going to be bothered to learn what they all are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are going to be handy to have the little uh, reminder token yes, have because they actually, please. like, For yeah, all your they're actually two say, on a card, you are, and you got to flip them. But if yeah, you are playing these, like, 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 I don't say this often, right? Like, there, there are mechanics that like we get down, like, like people complain about them, and then they get them down pretty easy, right? Like, city's blessing, people are like, ugh, another, you know, uh, token they have to keep track of. Uh, Monarch was a thing that people are like, ugh, a token I have to keep track. Of. Yeah, but like these things are easy to track, right? Um, right. Day night 
was pretty bad to keep track of. Rolls are going to be pretty awful to keep track of. If if you use rolls in your deck, please do your best to have the token just for the love of yeah, the Yeah, they are very color specific. Please. Like they give the flavor or effects of the color. So make sure you you are talking about the right one. Yeah. It's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh I'll just There's go over them be real so quick. So many judge calls cuz people attached the wrong roll to their creature. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, constantly. Or they have it flip the wrong way, and they're like, no, I meant the yeah, other one. I'm not like, looking it's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, like you said, we have six of them. We have the monster roll, which gives the enchanted creature plus one, plus one, and trample. The sorcerer roll, which gives the enchanted creature plus one, and plus one, and when it attacks, scry one. We have the royal roll, which gives plus one, plus one, and ward one. Uh, we have the young hero, which gives plus one, or if when it attacks, when enchanted creature attacks, if its toughness is less than three, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. We have a wicked roll. Uh, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one. And when this uh, aura is put into the graveyard, each opponent loses one life. And the final one is the cursed roll. Enchanted creature has base power and toughness one, one. I think the big... Now, I expect everybody to just remember those. You don't need the tokens. Don't worry about it. Um, the big thing about these rolls is you cannot have more than one on a creature at a time. Correct? Yeah. Like as soon as one comes on, yep. it, if one ETB is on a creature, you got to get rid of the one that is there. But they do hit the graveyard? Yes. 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 Okay. Like all tokens, I guess they, so. they yeah. hit the graveyard. So it's it's not a sacrifice effect. It's It's like a... It's more like the old legendary rule where if you had two legends with the same name you just put one into a graveyard yeah it doesn't so die it doesn't it's like not gonna, sacrifice yep right it's I, well it does die i means moves from the battlefield to the graveyard so oh, if you okay. have something yeah, that yeah. triggers off of like like there's there's cards in the set that are going to trigger when enchantments are put into the graveyard those will trigger when your rolls die but if yes. you're looking at something like murkwood bats the triggers when a token is sacrificed you having a role and putting another role on something to make the first role get put into the graveyard, that's not a sacrifice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. If you bargained a spell that would trigger the bats, but yes. not replacing a role with a role. And that's what I like. I think I, I agree that celebration is, I mean, in, in the broader scope of PDH, celebration is not an exciting ability. No. But like in the scope of Eldraine Limited, I think the oh, way yes. that these things are going to come together, like celebration combined with roles, combined with bargain, mm -hmm. I think that like this is going to be a really fun set play Eldraine Limited, the way that you know putting a role on something is going to help you trigger your celebration stuff, and having your roles be able to sacrifice the roles is going to help you bargain things. Uh, yes. Yep. I yeah, think it seems like a very fun limited. Set. Oh yeah. I think I think it's going to come together in really entertaining ways. So mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, most of what we're going to talk about today is just how how impactful this set is going to be on the PDH format, which is why we can say things like celebration is terrible, and and mostly <laughs> mean it. But uh, within the scope of Eldraine Limited, I think that this is going to be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely went hard on the uh, mechanics, like. I don't want to say like parasitic, but you can tell it's a very like they very they heavily focused on draft with this set. You can tell because so many there's so many different synergies and pieces of cardboard that work with each other and all that sort of thing. Yep, yep it yep. seems fun. Yeah. All right, I guess we'll just hop right into it. We'll uh, <laughs> we did an hour pre-show and didn't figure out what order we're going to talk about our cards in, but that's okay. I think uh, we should do. Think we're just gonna. I think we should do commanders first. Ooh, let's do commanders huh. first. Yeah, do you want to take turns? Just, we each got about we each got a handful or so. Participate in the show. Dave, <laughs> you got to you got to tell us about the me the mechanics. All right, that's fair enough. You can 
You can, you, you can chime in on our commanders. I, yeah. I don't think you want me chiming in on your commanders. <laughs> <laughs> so, for for reasons that are uh, have yet to be discussed, uh, they were both, discussed in both, the pre-ship. Both Brad and I have a list of commanders that we're excited about, and Liam has zero commanders that he's excited about. So, uh, zero. Don't don't let my uh, my bad attitude skew your opinion. But I'm not a huge fan of the set. I think it's like okay to to fail if that makes sense that's fair you're, but I'm, you're but allowed I'm, to think that but i'm here to talk about the 99 so i will happily sit here and listen and and be excited for you see that is a true friend a true podcast host oh, brad tell me tell me the what's what's the first commander you're really excited about from first one i got on my list i actually when picking commanders picking uncommon creatures from the set i completely skipped white I don't know about you, Dave, but there was I none also in white. Completely that, skipped white. It just nothing really stuck <laughs> out to me. I, I do, and I do like this this first one here is mono blue. It's ice rot sentry. It's too generic and a blue for a two three elemental soldier. If you care about elementals, it's got vigilant, which is, which is nice. And whenever ice rot sentry attacks, you may pay a generic and a blue. When you do tap target creature and opponent controls. Whenever you tap an untapped creature an opponent controls, Ice Rot Sentry gets plus two, plus one until the end of turn. I like this for two reasons. It seems kind of dirtily. That's not one of the reasons. I actually have two other reasons. Uh, Vigilance is powerful in PDH. It's powerful on a commander in PDH. And we actually have a lot of effects that tap creatures. So this is pseudo-mono-blue Voltron-ish prowess-ish. So... It's we sort of had this talk in the pre-show, but this is probably a commander that I'll build and I'll play and I won't pick up again for six months and think, why don't I pick that up? And then I'll play it again and then take it apart because I remembered why I don't play it very often. <laughs> but <laughs> it does seem fun. It's got a lot of stuff going for it, a lot of interesting things going for it. Um, so I want to see how it plays out, basically. What do you got, Dave? I, I just want to say I also really like the century. I think that it's going to be like the way that it, because it has a built-in tap mechanic, it is mm-hmm. going to be just by default a four-four attacker that is difficult to block, like every turn. And if you can, yeah. mm-hmm. like a single, you know, jolt or in a twiddle, or even one of the like, there's blue cards that tap multiple things. Like you can very easily turn this thing into like a six or eight power beater. It's going to come out of nowhere as a commander damage threat. And um, yeah. It feels very much to me like I have a Shark to Crab deck built, which is a little mm-hmm. different. It's a four-four that, when you put a counter on it, you get to tap something, and that doesn't untap next turn. Yeah. So it's it's still doing the same tap down control, and it's still doing the the Voltron Commander guy. It's weirdly really oppressive because of the <laughs> like things not untapping, can be really frustrating for people to play against. This thing yeah. doesn't have that. You get to tap things. Yeah. You get to tap down blockers, and then your opponents actually get to use their creatures on their next turn, which is, I think, less powerful but less irritating. Yeah, less bad feels. Yep. So, like, in, in a lot of ways, I'm more excited about this than I am about Shark to Crab, and I'm pretty yep. ch- excited about Shark to Crab. So. Yep. I'm gonna start with uh, my number one all-time favorite commander of this set. Okay. Let's do it. The name of the card is Frolicking Familiar, mm-hmm. but I've decided that her actual name is Madeline Otter. Okay, I like that. Yeah, she is 
one of the cutest magic cards I've ever seen, ever printed, ever. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't even, I'm not very concerned about what the mechanics of the card are. The art is an otter riding around chaotically on a broomstick with a shell while elemental things and spell pages fly around everywhere. And the otter's wearing a wizard hat. It's way too big for her. Yeah, way oversized. She's having the time of her life. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. She's a three-mana 2-2 two, two that um, she's blue uh, with a red adventure. Three-mana 2-2 two, two flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, she gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. And the adventure is a one-mana instant that deals one damage to any target. I'm excited about this because of uh, mostly the art, but like I, when I sat down to build it, I originally built it as like a blitz deck that was going to, you know, chain a couple cantrips into a Fists of Flame and then a Team or Battle Rage. And yes. just mm -hmm. blast someone out of the game with her own, right. you know, plus one, plus one until end of turn for each instant of sorcery. And then I remembered yep. that I I had Spellheart Chimera and Crackling Drake built for years, and I hated those decks. <laughs> so I completely retooled the entire deck. It is now a Thermo Alchemist tribal deck. It has every different flavor of Thermo Alchemist and Firebrand okay, Archer in the, okay. in the format. Still has about 30 cantrips. And uh, Adeline Otter is a blocker. That, you know, if she dies, like, she's a good blocker. She's, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. A couple cantrips makes her a 4 4 flyer. And if she dies, you get to cast the adventure again. <laughs> Which yeah. triggers all of your Thermo Alchemist. So I'm really excited about her. I know that a lot of people yeah. aren't because she's not very good, but she's. Oh, no, it seems fun. Super cute. Yeah. And it's. Uh, I don't. I'd have to check our list actually or see where we end up after today's episode, but, you know, we've finally got two color uh, adventure creatures. It's true. I don't know how to say that better. Like. Yeah. So we have the a. color identity is two. Yeah. We have a, a red <laughs> adventure on a blue creature. Which makes yeah. it an is it commander, which is pretty fun. Yep. And with all the new fun, fancy adventures coming out in this set, it's probably a good reminder that the adventure spell is not a way to cheat on commander tax and pauper commander. I get asked that quite a bit. Yeah. Casting either half of the card from the command zone always accumulates tax when it when you cast it and you cost yes. X when you when you play it. Uh but so, like, the, one of the things I really like about this familiar is that the adventure from the command zone is one mana. Yep. So, if, and then after that, casting the creature from exile is three. So, if she dies yep. once, like, you don't have to spend five mana to get the creature back. You can spend three mana to get the adventure spell, and then later another three mana from the command zone. Mm -hmm. So, look at you go. Right. Yep. I, I yep. would have played this deck a dozen times and not thought of that. <laughs> yeah i get asked that quite a bit actually i got asked that a handful of times right as the set was being spoiled so and i think this was one of the creatures that that uh got most people's attention so i get you far off base i was on the rules committee the first time eldraine happened and everyone asked this question a million times i got really good at yep. explaining i mean i i was this i've i've built i've got okay ranger built which has an adventure i've got animating fairy built uh -huh. Uh, yeah. Some of my friends had uh, Beanstalk Giant built. I've I've seen a lot of Adventure Commanders, so I'm pretty used to it by now. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on from the otter to another elemental. Uh, Splashy Spellcaster is my next uh, commander choice here. It's three generic and a blue for a 2-4 elemental wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a sorcerer roll token attached to up to one target creature you control. I honestly don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it seems like fun. I kind of just want to see where these rolls are going to go. The um, the sorcerer roll is basically when it attacks you, scry one, and it gets plus one plus one. I I like that ability. I like you know pseudo card advantage on attack or just happening every turn. And uh, I'm just gonna see where it goes. You get extra cardboard if that's what your deck cares about. Um, all kinds of good stuff. I don't know that there's really too much. There's not a lot of depth to this particular creature. I just think it seems sort of fun. So. Um, and, and it's probably just, I'm just sort of enchanted by the roles, and I'll see where they actually end up, how they end up playing out. But um, do you have any thoughts on the uh, spellcaster, Dave? Uh, not many. I Yeah, it's mostly, pretty straightforward. Mostly I'm just really irritated that you create the role attached to up to one other target creature. Like Other target if creature, If it could enchant yeah. itself, that would that would put make it good enough that I would be really interested, but like... Yeah. All right, you have like to... I feel like they did that because of play patterns. Because if you played one instead of sorcery, got a roll on it, and then played another one and tried to put another roll on it, people would forget about the yeah, roll. If you started like Pe- people would forget chaining, about the roll together. rule that you can't have more than one roll on the creature, and it would create feel bads in, in competitive settings. Yeah, I, I could see that. I don't. Or maybe care they about... tested it and they're like, "This is this is really hard and." sort of busted and limited we need to change it to other creature i i do not care about the feelings of competitive players i just <laughs> like if they Alrighty. if they're gonna get themselves feels bad yeah like, they can like they, they can they can deal with that themselves i think i just <laughs> uh, i don't know it seems not good enough because like yeah. the what be, the word other there is going to force you in two directions like you have to have enough creature density that you always have a good target to put this roll on, but you also yes. have enough have to have enough spell density that you're creating these rolls. It's going to be a really really tough balancing act, and like being taking the one creature you can always count on having around, taking that out of the realm of possibilities of things for you to enchant just feels like that's the feels bad. Like yeah. I don't I don't care about competitive players. Like just let me make this thing a three five that attacks and lets me scry one. <laughs> Come on, man. So, it's it's such a small ask to make this card good. Yeah. Alright. That was honestly a longer conversation about spellcaster than I expected. What do you got, Dave? I am going to follow up on your being enchanted by rolls thing. Mm-hmm. Uh I there's a rolls commander that I'm really, really enthusiastic about. And okay. it, it is called the Twisted Sewer Witch. This is a... Amazing name. It's a great name. Great art, too. Yeah, it really is. This is a 5-mana, 3-4 black creature with one really elaborate enters the battlefield effect. Yes. Her enters the battlefield effect is this. First, you create a 1-1 black rat creature token that cannot block, which is the most adorable token ever. It's the cutest little rat with a raspberry in its mouth. It's amazing. And then, after you've created your rat token you create a wicked roll attached to each cre- each rat you control. So if you have six rats, all six of your rats get the wicked roll, 
which a, the wicked yep. roll as a token is plus one plus one and when this aura is put into the graveyard each opponent loses one life so yeah. if you can flicker the twisted sewer witch with something like supernatural stamina and a sack and it doesn't word. say non for each non-token rat you, or token rat you control like you can just have rats you can just have a bunch of rats <laughs> and then so you if you flicker the twisted sewer witch first you get another rat one additional rat which is great and then mm -hmm. all of your rats that already have wicked rolls they get another wicked roll and the first wicked roll moves to the graveyard oh look at that and each opponent loses one life for each of those wicked rolls this honestly this feels like gary without the life gain that makes gary terrible and with all of the rat synergies that gary doesn't have that are awesome that are absolutely awesome right like there's so many rat cards in magic that are just really cute yeah there's 45 of them not in silver border or just in mono well, black and what's, what's wild is that the number doesn't matter because like at minimum you can just play 40 rat colonies as i say so what's your plan oh, you true. Just play like yeah, true. rats and rat colonies <laughs> so but my my deck the, the the deck that i've designed for this has zero relentless rats it has two rat colonies because i think that's funny uh but no it's mostly just every it's all the cutest rats i could find so like burglar rat, muck rats, uh, drain pipe vermin, sinuous vermin, yes. sewer rats, sewer rats. Like it's perfect. just all the cute yep. rats. Because like this deck doesn't need to be good. It's just rats. No, it's just rats. Yeah. Rats from the sewer. Come on. Yeah, I. Yep. I honestly worry that if I packed the deck with like rat colonies, like they would become a threat and people would kill them, and that's not what I want to do. I just want to. No, I just have a horde of rats. I just want to have a horde of rats and then flicker this sewer witch a couple times. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really enthusiastic about this witch. Wait, wait, awesome. rat colony just rat colony just cares about other rats, right? Like relentless rats yeah. is the one that cares about other relentless rats, but rat colony correct. just cares about other rats. Also correct. Yep. Okay, so rat colonies are still going to be scary. Yes. Yes, that's why they are. All right. Five five bucks a piece. That's awful. I hate that. Yep. They should get a little bit. <laughs> yep. That's apparently not a secret layer or a list uh there is one on the secret layer oh no I'm, I'm i'm looking like they should get a reprint that isn't oh there's two things oh yes yeah absolutely yeah all right yeah, I'm, sweet i'm imagining this, this card with uh grim guardian makes your opponents lose life when an enchantment enters the battlefield or mm, naughtier's yeah. nightblade murkwood bats nightblade yep, yep make yep, your yep. opponent lose life when tokens enter the battlefield like yeah, because you're creating... Just creating wicked wicked tokens. Yeah, and that's another thing you need to keep in mind about the rolls, is they are auras, they are enchantments, but they are also tokens. Yep. It's going to come in very handy in certain decks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember you... Like, this was the first one that you just, like, latched onto. Yes. <laughs> the, the sewer witch. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. You got super excited about it. I still am super excited about it. These are the... The yeah. two decks that I've already built from Throne of Eldrain. It is we were recording on Wednesday. I have these two decks put together: Madeline Otter, <laughs> Twisted Sewer Witch. There's there's yep, a bunch there of other go. commanders that I'm excited to talk about the possibilities, but I'm probably not building them. I'm just building these two, which I'm very excited about. Yep. What else you got? 
All right. Uh, I got my first uh, two-color adventure commander here. I got Callus Cell Sword. It's a two-mana, two-two human soldier with a single red adventure spell called Burn Together. It's a sorcery. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its tar- equal to its power to any other target, and then you sacrifice it. Um, the human soldier, the Cell Sword itself, has. Uh, Callus Sellsword enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each creature that died under your control this turn. Uh, I'm not super excited about his ability. It's nice. It's going to come in handy. Sometimes he'll come in as a four four, or heaven forbid, a six six or an eight eight. Sometimes, but that that just makes him more of a removal magnet. I'm a big fan of it being Rakdos. I'm a big fan of it being a Rakdos card that has the word sacrifice on it, obviously. But I just, I really love the Soulfire effects. The target creature deals damage for, you know equal to his power to any target. Like, I just love those effects. And this is one mana. Granted, you're going to lose that creature, but it's fine. I'm not super worried about that in Rakdos, at least. So, yeah, it's just got a lot of things going for it. It's got plus one, plus one counter strategies. It's got sacrifice, a little bit of sacrifice um, strategies going on. It's got that soul fire effect, so just got a little bit of everything. And I'm pretty stoked for it. I mean, there are... <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to rank this on the list of Rakdos commanders that I want to build or that are actually good. This probably isn't on the actually good list at all, but um seems fun. And kind of like the first two I talked about, I'm just sort of interested in building it to see how it plays out. I think of the... Th- of the three that I've talked about, this is probably hmm, the most interesting, maybe the best of the three so far, but we'll just have to see where we end up in the next few weeks or month or so. What do you think, Dave? Do you like the uh, the cell sword? I love the idea of the cell sword. I'm really irritated that its fling effect isn't an instant. I yes, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. If there was one big thing that bothered me about this card, it would be that. Yep. Yeah, like the like I love because you're sacrificing the creature. Like, why not just make it instant? And and like, the, what's worse is that you sacrifice the creature on resolution. So this is just like, if if this if they just replaced the entire source the entire adventure with the actual text of fling, this card gets three times better. Yes, easily. Yep. But like, being a sorcery is like real. It's it's such a liability. And like the fact that it's you know the creature is dealing the damage and then you sacrifice it means that you can people can respond to that by killing your creature in ways that yes. they can't do with fling because with fling the sacrifice is part of the cost. Yes. Yep. Um. So it's just like I I feel very intrigued by this commander, but I also just feel very cautious because I feel like it's yes. Gonna... That's a very good way to put it. Yeah. I think it just maybe I'm just caught up in the fact that it it looks really cool. It's a Rakdos yeah. commander that has an adventure on it. Like it just aesthetically it, pleasing to look at. Yeah, I love I love the I love the idea of this commander. I feel like yes. in practice it's going to be it's it's, it's going to leave something to be desired. I don't know how big yep. that something is. Yep. That's uh, been the theme so far for my commanders. What do you got next? Uh I want to talk about a legend. <gasps> A legend. Uh, this this set has ten uh, two-color legends, mm-hmm. one for each guild, and I'm talking about not one of those. I'm talking about the mono-black <laughs> legend. This is a rat fairy. Its name is Old Flitterfang. This is a five-mana... It's another five-mana mono-black 
I just realized it, sure it has is. the exact same stat line as my sewer witch. And it's also a rat. It's very rat flavored. Um, maybe I have a type. Uh, do. This one has very different abilities, though. Uh, old Flitterfang has flying. At the beginning of each end step, if a creature died, create a food. Mm -hmm. uh, and for three mana, you can sacrifice another creature or artifact to give old Flitterfang plus two plus two until end of turn. Yep. As a food production engine that is also a very threatening body, I think this card is outstanding. I can see that. Uh, the the flying really really helps it. Yeah, he's 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 big, evasive. If you want to go really hard into this, sacrifice things to give him plus two plus two, like that's going to get real expensive real fast. But I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think you want to go hard into that. I think you just want to generate a lot of foods, and sure, like it's it's really upsetting that Atog isn't black because this this guy really <laughs> wants Atog, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to trigger a lot. He's going to give you a, just a massive, absurd pile of foods, and he's just going to be thick in the air. Seems like fun. Yeah, seems like fun. We got a handful of um, food-producing cards in mono black at common. A lot of them are creatures, so you know, get your grave flickers in there, all that good stuff. Yeah, there's a couple of uh, witches now that let you sacrifice foods to just drain people directly. Mm -hmm. If you have if you have the food production engine that is old Flitterfang, those cards become very powerful. Yes. And again, and, yeah. I mean, we still we we still have Nadir's Nightblade, Mirkwood Bats. Yep, <laughs> it's just uh, those two cards love this set. Yeah, there's Good a time. we we also have a handful of cards that say like when you when you sacrifice a permanent or when a permanent dies. I'm trying to remember now if they they trigger off permanents or creatures, but they they could also be really powerful in a deck that's just making two sure. or three foods each turn cycle. Yeah, and using them up. I mean, Disciple yeah. of the Vault loves it. All oh, Disciple, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some cool stuff you can do with this. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's see uh, if my next one is any uh, redeeming qualities to it. Imodane's Recruiter. I picked a mono red this time. It's two and a red for a 2-2 two -two Human Knight with a white adventure spell. So this is a Boros card. The Normally, I feel like in the first Eldraine, Eldraine Part 1, the adventure spells sort of curved into the creature like they were usually cheaper than the creature if i remember correctly these a lot of these are sort of the opposite um the adventure spell is more expensive than the creature half so this is the adventure spell on Imodane's recruiter is train troops another sorcery but this one's five mana four generic and a white you create two 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 white knight creature tokens with vigilance a little above rate, but that's okay on an, an adventure creature. And then the um, the recruiter itself is a three mana two two. When it ETBs creatures you control, get plus one plus O oh, and gain haste until the end of turn. I do love a good Boros commander that ETBs into an anthem. Uh, for the longest time, I tried to make Resolute Blademaster work. It was a little too slow, but it was hella fun. So yeah, I'm just I'm super stoked that we have a Boros anthem in the command zone you know so that's really all i'm going I'm, I'm not even like super interested in the adventure half of this card because it's expensive but it's nice to know it's there in the late game 
uh, when when I'm hellbent with Boros because that's inevitable. And by late game being hellbent with Boros, I mean like turn three, turn four. Um, so it'll be nice to know that that is there for if and when I need it. And then outside of that, you just get a decent uh, combat trick that you can abuse because it's not, it doesn't say other creatures you control. It's just when it enters the battlefield, creatures you control. So it itself gets plus one, plus oh, and haste. So it can attack the turn it comes down. Um, if you want to ephemerate it, if you want to cloud shift it, that sort of thing to get multiple triggers, it can still attack. So I don't know. Seems fun. Of the of the four that I've mentioned so far, I'm definitely leaning heavier into this one more than any others. What do you got, Dave or, or Liam? Any input on the Boros Master? He seems neat. Yeah, neat. Very it seems neat. Mm-hmm. so. I've 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 had Okam Ranger built for a long time, which is similar. It's a there's an adventure that creates two bodies. And then there's an ability that gives your whole team a buff. Mm-hmm. She's in yep. green white instead of red white. So uh, she her her buff is a tap activated ability, mm-hmm. and green has lots of cool ways to untap her, so you can recycle that buff that way. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But being in red gives you, I mean, red red white gives you, like you said, access to all the cloud shifts and ephemerates, so you can flicker this guy to get his buff multiple times, and you can also just like you get access to all the really good spell buffs like pack attack and ambitious yeah. assault. So uh, I think as a go wide deck, this has legs. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be super linear, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about Boros combat centric commanders before, and it's easy to sort of like get bored with them, but I don't know. I think this will be on, fun on the surface. I'm really nervous about the, the adventure costing five. That feels like yeah. it's way too much, but like the more I think about it, the more I think like you can easily come up with spells from hand that you can play on turns one, two, three, four to start your army, and then turn yep. five you get the two extra knights out of the command zone, which is great, and then turn six you are really well positioned to cast this guy and then flicker maybe scroll yeah. shift and that turns your you know that turns your knights into three twos with vigilance and haste or what yeah. have you so. Salad. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can go tokens with it. You know, you can make a bunch of um, goblin tokens or ally tokens or what have you, bushwhacker, all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love. There's a few different directions you can take it. They're all going to sort of end up the same because it is Boros. It is a signpost Boros <laughs> creature, uncommon creature. So, but it seems fun. Yeah. I like him. What do you got next? I teased everyone with these actual two color legends. I'm actually going to talk about one of them this time. <gasps> Sweet. I'm going to talk about the one that I'm the most conflicted about. Her name is Yes, this one when this one was spoiled, <laughs> the Discord our, our the PDH Pod Discord sort of blew up for a while with, yeah. with so many different opinions and builds and theories and I know that, all kinds of ideas about this one. I know that Brownie I think has already built a competitive version of this deck. Um Oh yeah, before we were done talking about it that day, he had a list out. Mm-hmm. Nuts. This card is called Sharae of Numbing Depths. She's a 4-mana, 2-3 Azorius Merfolk. When she enters the battlefield, you get to tap a creature and put a stun counter on it. So she she taps and freezes something for a turn. And she has an ability, when you tap one or more untapped creatures your opponent control, you draw a card. And that ability only triggers once per turn. So this is far and away the most... In, of, of all the commanders in the set, this is the most innovative in terms of 
uh, breaking new ground and opening up new archetypes for us to play with. Like the, the Boros thing Brad was talking about, it's a really interesting take on a deck that already has 35 different variants and 35 <laughs> yes. different commanders. Like this is, if you wanted number 36 uh -huh. because you like adventures, here you go. We got there that you go. for you. Bingo. Like, got it. If you, if you weren't interested in commander number 36 for that, for Boros go wide aggro archetype, like then that doesn't mean anything to you. This is the first commander I think we've ever had that really genuinely rewards like tap down and freeze effects. Yeah, and we're not talking about rewards as in, oh, they're tapped down, I can attack them. <laughs> right, like, like <laughs> external rewards outside of what the card actually does. So yes. um, in that sense, this is very innovative. This is this is the, the most, I think, interesting of all the new commanders in the set. That mm -hmm. said, I think it's profoundly irritating. Like I mentioned uh, my Shark to Crab deck <laughs> earlier, like that deck is a, is a tap-down control deck uh mm -hmm. in in a way it's it's a weird mess of voltron nonsense but it 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 taps down your opponent's creatures and freezes them and it is profoundly frustrating for people to play against because they don't get to use their cards to have fun they just have to right. stare at their cards that are there and they're tapped and they like i feel like this deck is going to be the same but worse yeah, sorry. No, I'm just I'm really excited that this new ground has opened up for us to play in, and I don't ever want to play against. <laughs> like, yeah, yep. Like, uh, you know what feels bad is when like the board is full, your board's full, and like you have like somehow you lost track. So at the beginning of your turn, you have to ask which ones don't untap. Right. Like that I, just feels <laughs> bad. I, when when my things are and, and this this one's helping out a little bit because of stun counters. Stun sure, counters are, are a way to track that and help you track that. But like when when I have like when things are frozen like with Shark to Crab, I always just put them like a full 180 degrees, or yeah. like maybe 135 so that they're they're past horizontal and like extra tapped. That's my indication that on the next untap step they're they're gonna they're gonna go back to 90, and then untap normally the next next one, but. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's hard to keep track of. It's frustrating to play against. I'm glad it exists, but I'm never touching yeah. it. And I, I'm, I'm delighted that Brownie is taking this into the competitive scene where I don't ever have to deal with it. <laughs> yes, that that was going to be what I was going to say. But I, I bet it shows up in the next tournament we have. Absolutely, I, I think it will. So I just want to take a moment and look at the artwork on this. It's a mofolk, so you know mm -hmm. what mermaids and mofolk look like with like the singular tail like they have two tails like yes this has two they have legs and those legs turn into two tails instead of one tail that's weird it's a really interesting artistic choice uh-huh from i i don't Evan know if i Fong. like it just like the card <laughs> <laughs> uh that's completely fair i yeah here's as long as we're talking about the art we should also mention Fun fact about, like, we, we've talked a couple times now about the adventure commanders, which are really mm -hmm. cool. We've we've now broken ground into the uh, the legendary, the, the cycle of legendary signpost uncommons. None of the cards we're talking about have alternate showcase frames or, like, fancy art, which oh, is sure. a really weird departure from what uh, Wizards has done for the last two years. I had not years. even noticed that. Yeah. yeah I there's... just sort of, like, expected that there'd be two or three of, of most of them. Yeah. Like huh. the the art okay. on Sharae of Numbing Depth is weird and off-putting, and there is no alternative. Nope, unless you pay someone. Yeah. Yep. Hold on. So hold on. 
Uh, I think. Okay, so I'm, I'm I'm I just did a quick Skyfall search. There are only twenty showcase cards in the whole set. It looks yeah. like oh, all of wow, them... that's surprising, especially for a set like Eldra. Right. So yeah. so it looks like all the showcase is adventure frame stuff. Um, like the original Eldraine okay. was, but it's all on yeah. rare and mythic adventures. I yep. didn't even realize that none of the uncommons got any. Yeah. But like, huh. What's even more oh. wild is the set that started it all, like Throne of Eldraine, had thirty showcase cards, and this one yes. has twenty. All, all of the adventures were showcased in the original. And yeah. Now... Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's so weird. That is weird. I just if you would have gave me a list of sets that came out this year to have the most alternate arts, I would have picked Eldraine because yeah. you'd like you know, to think fantasy so. and fairy tales I, and all I that kind of stuff. Yeah. The only other set yeah. that comes to mind that had so few showcase artworks was Theros, which had like ten because it only did the mm-hmm. gods. And yeah, demigods. it did not have many at all. Yep. Dang. Interesting. I don't know that I would. It would have taken me a while to, to, to figure that, that one out. Yeah. Until I like built one of these commanders, and I'm like, okay, what, what fancy version can I get for the command zone? Maybe and they'll it's finally like big sad because they don't exist. <laughs> Maybe they're chilling out. Although we do have we do have a bonus sheet in this set, so that's where the art budget went. That's what it is. Oh, that's true. We do have the mystical enchantment archive now that, things. Now that I'm thinking about it, enchanted evenings or whatever. Yeah. Uh, going back to Good Strixhaven. Strixhaven didn't have a showcase. Its showcase was the bonus sheet. And Brothers War also did not have a showcase. Their showcase was the bonus sheet. Oh. So, so we actually got a little bit more than normal. less regular showcase because okay, but there's a bonus Please sheet. consider this. I don't care even a little bit about stupid weave <laughs> necropotence nonsense. Oh, I agree. I yeah. want fancy... I want fancy showcase adventure comic. No, dude, I get it. Yes. Same. Yeah, like yeah I, I, for sure. Big time. I, I See, I'm torn because I really I really love the concept of the bonus sheet. I do. The artwork is aggressively okay. I wish, I so wish they would put comments on the bonus sheet. And I know why they don't because other players like get this thing called feel bads when they open commons on a bonus sheet but i'm like look it's mm-hmm. a bonus sheet it doesn't matter if you open a common or mythic it's a bonus right so let us have common set symbols on our common cards so that players like me can enjoy these books just take a sharpie <laughs> to it i could but that's a lot of effort and that is a lot it's a lot and uh, i want brad to tell me about tangle span lookout and then I want him to move straight into the next one on his list so that we can c- pretend like we. Uh, oh my God! I was thinking about saying the same exact thing. We organized this so that we're going to talk about the, the the two color legendaries at the same time. Wow! I almost said I'll do two, and then we'll each have one. Perfect. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tangle Span Lookout is green, a mono green commander, uh, not, not legendary or anything. It's just two generic and a green. No adventure. No nothing. It's a two three satyr. Uh, whenever an aura enters the battlefield under your control you draw a card again like a couple other commanders we've mentioned we have much better options in the command zone for this type of effect um it i like that it triggers off of the rolls 
because those just enter the battlefield. It doesn't say uh, whenever you cast an aura or whenever you know whenever an aura enters the battlefield under your control, if you cast it, it doesn't have that clause. It's just you draw a card when one enters the battlefield, but it is aura specific. It's not any enchantment, so you got to be wary of that. Um, but sort of the running theme is here that just like my Boros pick, just like this one, you know, we have multiple of these effects in mono green in Celesnia. So take your pick. This is probably going to be near the bottom of the list, but I'm just a sucker for auras and I'm a sucker for things that trigger off auras and enchantments and draw you cards. So that's really it. I think it's more of a, um, a pet, not even a pet card, but like pet rules text <laughs> that I'm a fan of here. So uh, we can probably move on unless you guys had anything to uh, add in on it. Nope, I'm good. Sweet. I will move straight into my first legendary creature here. It is Sir Armont the Redeemer. And this is a five mana, four, four. It's a three generic and Selesnia human knight, legendary creature, human knight. When Sir Armont, the Redeemer, enters the battlefield, create a monster roll token attached to target creature you control. That wouldn't be interesting enough on its own. Uh, but there is one more sentence left that says enchanted creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Pretty straightforward. I like the fact that you don't have to lean into the rolls with this commander. Uh, it's just a straight up, like, I care about enchantments. I mean, I care about auras. That's what I care about. So do the thing. I think, I feel like only getting plus one, plus one on your enchanted creatures is a little light for a five mana commander, but it is a four, four. You can Voltron it up. If you'd like to do that, you can get some monster rolls out of it. You can do that. And again, I just love auras. I love auras and enchantments and all that good stuff. So I'm looking forward to some ethereal armors and some all that glitters and all that sort of good stuff. What do you got? Ancestral mask. Ancestral mask. Yep. So Um, armadillo cloak. Hello. Sign me up. On the on the surface, this commander reminds me a lot of Sir Aelin, the Lion's Claw, from from the first Eldrain. We had the whole cycle of legendary Sir Knight, Sir Kara, Sir um, Sir Conrad. Sir Aelin was the mono white one, and he had a very similar stat line. He was a five mana four four that gave all of your creatures plus one plus one on some kind of trigger. I think it was an attack trigger when he attacked. An attack got, trigger. Yep. Everything got plus and one plus he had, one. He had first strike. And yep. He had first strike. He doesn't. So he didn't make monster tokens. But uh, this card reminds me a lot of that. And Aelin, I think, was kind of underwhelming. Like for a five mana yeah. investment, I want more than just my creatures getting plus one plus one. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. I like that the monster roll grants trample. Yes. And an additional plus one plus one, but yes. that's a, kind of a lot of work. But it's not bad that it's in in white at least the flicker color. I think that this deck is going to have the most success when you lean into the idea of like trying to combine the go wideness of all your creatures getting bigger. When you combine that with the go tallness of trying to Voltron everything, like there's there are some definitely cool things that you that that this commander opens up better than any other commander like um all the bestow creatures from Theros are going to be really good because of their pivoting like if you need more bodies you play the body if you need more auras you play mm-hmm. the aura uh yep. things like the mage marks are are going to like mm, mage, those are fun yeah they're super fun they they want they're going to encourage you to have enchantments on as many different creatures as possible just like Sir Armand like you can very 
you could you could pretty easily I can envision you creating a monster army with this thing. No pun intended. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I like one. about it too, because it's um it it's an enchantment or an aura matters commander that doesn't say I want to be your Voltron. Right. Like this it's, this wants you to have a bunch of creatures and make them all big. Like you said, all Voltron. Right. It's so in, in that respect it, it reminds me a lot of um Sigardian Paladin. Which mm-hmm. is a sure. similar similar cost, similar stat line. She wants all of your creatures to have plus one plus one counters on them. Yes, w- much like Sir Armand wants all of your creatures to have enchantments, and then and then they all get big together and things get scary. And it's like you can do very cool stuff with that. And I I do appreciate those play patterns. I think that this is a pretty. It's going to be a fun take on that. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just I'm looking wish forward it to were it. a little like plus one plus two would have been. Yeah, plus one plus two. So easy to, to do. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, going to be the, fun. The plus one plus one feels a little underwhelming for a five yeah. mana commander, but yeah, that's what we get. So Yeah. This is also going to be really fun with the adventure guys that, um, cause they're, they're going to the bodies that you need to, to make big. And some of them mm, are just yeah, going to yeah. put auras on things. Yep. Absolutely. All right. We're down to one commander each. What do you got, Dave? My next two color legendary is Obria, the dreaming duelist. This is the Demir flavor. Uh, she is a two mana two two flash flying, with the text: Whenever another fairy enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life. So I think that this is going to mm-hmm. be a really standard, really straightforward deck where you just play forty fairies. Yep. And you play a dozen different flicker spells, like ghostly flicker makes fairies enter the battlefield under your control, and then everyone loses life. And then your fairies have flying, and you get in chip damage in the air and try to just drain everyone out. It's going to be a weirdly aggressive take on a Demir deck that I think seems like it's going to be pretty fun. And it's going to open up a lot of fairy synergies. Like a lot of the fairies we got from uh, Lorwyn have fairy tribal synergies. They, the, How good the card is depends on how many fairies you have. So... I think that getting to put all of them into one place and just play a lot of fairies is going to be super fun. Yeah, and fairies are... I, I don't even think it's it's a stretch to say that they're one of the most popular creature types in all the game, the whole game. Yes. So you Spell stutter sprite, it's time. Yeah, that's right. All right, last commander. Let's see what we got. What did I put on my list? Ooh, imagine that. It's Orzov. It is Neva... Comma stalked by nightmares. Like that, just a cool name. Like let's just name. appreciate that name. Uh, it's a four mana two two legendary creature, human noble with menace. So that's nice. Whenever Neva enters the battlefield, return target creature or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. That's very Orzov, and it's very nice that it hits um, enchantments or creatures. Very cool. And then whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield. Put a plus one plus one counter on Neva and then scry one. Just randomly scry one, but which is nice. So I feel I've seen just like um, your Demir Fairy Commander, I feel like I've already seen a handful of people brewing Neva decks. I have not yet because I'm not sure. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Like there is a lot of there's a lot of rules text on this card. Like there's even more rules text on this card than there actually is printed on the card in ink. Like there's just a lot of different directions you can go with this. And I'm sort of, I need to step back from it a little bit. I'm Mm -hmm. sort of in like that, like decision. 
analysis paralysis with this card because there are so many different options. I feel like if I were to jump in and start brewing it right now, that it would just end up being an Orzov like mid-range pile that doesn't do anything and barely yeah. like puts any counters on her or barely like scries or barely gets anything back from the graveyard. So I really need to like figure out which direction I want to go with it. But either way, maybe just because it's the nature of Orzov, it's just I'm going to build it and I'm going to have it in my collection and I'll probably enjoy playing it. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. I don't I literally don't have a build for it already theorized or anything like that. I just know that there are words on in the rules box that I've picked out that I want to care about. And that's what I'm going to focus on. So for sure. Have you thought much about Neva, Liam or Dave? Uh, I've thought about it for all of about five seconds. Because towards mm-hmm. the end of last week, we were talking about uh, who was going to get what commander for Eldraine. Mm-hmm. I think I settled on Neva, just because it seems like the most mechanically interesting that isn't like oppressively competitive like the uh, white-blue commander is. Right, and it's it's mechanically interesting without being like one of those uncommons that you see that you're just like, oh, this probably isn't any good outside of limited. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting... Yeah, a better way to say that is it's interesting outside of limited, not just because it cares about the set mechanics. Right. Yep. What I, do you think, Dave? I know you don't go you don't go too hard on Orzov, but what do you think about Neva? I think Neva Neva. There's so many different directions that you can take her. I have no idea what to do with her. So many, right? Like, okay, so it's not just me. I'm like, I'm looking at her and I'm seeing like loops with things like Angelic Renewal or Kaya's Ghost mm-hmm. Form. Sure. I'm seeing like, like those those things loop. If you're looping her with them, you get a lot of scry ones, but the the plus one plus one counters don't accumulate because she keeps dying. So I'm not sure that there's value there. <laughs> but right, it, like exactly. if you're if you're there's looping tension, if you're looping something like Auromancer and a like Angelic Renewal, like you can just stack up the counters real big. Depending on what kind of scry- sacrifice outlet you have, or I mean, you can you can do really cool stuff with like Soul Reaper of Mogus is an enchantment that lets you sacrifice creatures. So if you're going to oh, sacrifice sure, things sure. like Spirited Companion, which is also an enchantment creature, uh, you can do that. Real good here. Lunark Mantle looks great here. That lets yeah. you sacrifice permanents. Uh, like she, I think she very clearly wants you to do things with rolls, but I'm not sure how much yes. roll support we're going to have at common. Right, um, and that's why it's what I mentioned. Kind of like what Liam was saying too is, you can tell that they design this card to care about the roles without putting the word roles on the card. Right. So and like, I like that a lot. I'm also wondering, like she she's she's making me think about all the old Urza saga auras that bounce back to the, your hand when they die. Mm, Things like sure. despondency and cessation and. Brilliant Halo, sleep, all that stuff. Yeah, Brilliant Halo. I think Sleeper's Guile might be the other one. Like, I'm not sure that those are good, but they're <laughs> fun. They are fun. So, yeah. like, yeah, no, there's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tinkering that needs to be done here. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be one of those commanders, at least for me, that I'm going to build it one way and then play it a few times, and then I'll have to try a different build, mm-hmm. and you know, I'll end up like with some mix of the two. But uh, I do like it. You know, outside of being Orzov and outside of caring about uh, enchantments, like Liam said, it's just a very interesting card. So yeah, I'm glad that we have this sort of effect in Orzov. You know, it doesn't 
it plays well with aristocrats and enchantments and auras, but it doesn't specifically say like when you sacrifice a creature, you know, yada, yada, yada. So I like that. Wow. Are we done with the commanders? Yeah. I think we are. I think it's time to move on to commons. What do you oh, think? Yeah, I, the uh, the bread think, and butter of the deck. I think it's, I think it's about time that we, uh, we took Liam out of the oubliette and let him participate again. I think so. Let's yeah. disenchant it. Yeah. Bring it on. Heck yeah. I'll, I'll, Let's not disenchant it. So if here's here's the thing, what if we if we target our own oubliette mm-hmm. with a white spell that lets us draw a card? <gasps> All right, I like that. Tell me tell me what that would look like. Wait, no, that's not Liam's card. Dang it! <laughs> uh, I thought I had. Well, okay. So we'll we need Brad to talk about this, and then Liam will come join the show. Okay. First up. This is my first comment. I actually did pick out some mono-white commons, unlike the uh, commanders. This one is a single white mana for an instant called Break the Spell. Sweet art, by the way. Uh, the rules box says, destroy target enchantment. Like Oubliette. Like Oubliette, we were just talking about. <laughs> if a permanent you controlled or a token was destroyed this way, draw a card. I think this is super interesting because it, destroy target enchantment for a single mana is huge that's to me that's a big deal like um, yeah sure we have fragmentized and stuff like that but that's just it seems very strong and then if you just have to this is if you squint and look sideways this is just sort of white village rights almost sort of kind of like maybe maybe half of one sort of <laughs> okay think too hard about it <laughs> okay i won't um but i like it it seems decent enough you know, it it doesn't say sacrifice. It does say destroy, so you won't get your sacrifice triggers. But you could get your roll triggers when they're put in the graveyard, your um, cursed roll or what have you. So, yeah, I like it. Seems fine. Seems like it's going to be a nice toolboxy type of card. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up getting cut a lot of the times. But I was just drawn to an instant with a single white pip that has the phrase draw a card on it. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Yeah. What do you think, Dave? Any I, any words on break the spell before we let Liam out of the oubliette? I I thought really hard about putting this into Norika because Norika really wants a lot of ways to sacrifice her own enchantments. Okay. I sure. I'm not sure that it's good enough. I don't I don't know that I want to spend a card from my hand that kills an enchantment once. I usually yeah. want things that is... are more more repeatable. Than but I do it's like not that it can't super trips. card advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just basically replaces itself. Yeah. I mean, it, it replaces. I think this card is going to be an all star in in sealed, and I'm going to reserve Ooh, my judgment for whether or not I put it into PDH decks based on how I see it playing in the draft and limited environment. <laughs> Solid. Solid metric. But I'm I'm now ready to resolve the spell targeting the oubliette that we put on Liam, so Liam can now talk to us. Yes. Bring it on. And I draw a card. Am I finally allowed to talk now? Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. Heck yeah. All right. So how are we doing this? Are we uh, just cycling through? Am I going to do my whole list of 30 cards here? Tell us about some white cards. Tell you about some white cards. I have to yeah, find that one. There we go. Card stop. All right. It looks like they stopped. What is this nonsense? Which one of you was like messing up my cards? I didn't do anything. Mm-mm. All right, uh, going. For, sorry, there was some nonsense in my show notes. 
the first one is Besotted Knight. This is a card that I'm excited for in a very particular deck. Uh, other than that particular deck, I don't think it's, like, relatively good. It is Besotted Knight. It is 3 and a white for a 3-3 three, three Human Knight. It is vanilla. That's not what I care about. I care about the adventure that is uh, attached to it. The adventure is a single white mana for a sorcery called Betroth the Beast. Uh, it creates a royal roll token attached to target creature you control. For a reminder, the royal roll is the enchanted, the enchanted creature. gets plus one, plus one. It has ward one. There's a lot of tongue twisters in this set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... This I am particularly interested in my Graceblade Artisan deck, uh, because that deck cares about auras, and the roles are auras. Yep. I think that this is really good because it's a single white mana for effectively plus three, plus three, and wood, and I have no intention of ever casting the creature half. Sure. Yeah, that 3-3 three, three for 4 with no abilities is not super interesting. Nope, nope. sure ain't. But a, but a 1 mana, a 1 mana aura, that, that, that seems Grants good. plus 3 plus 3 and ward 1 seems real good. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so that's kind of how I'm feeling about that. Uh, again, it's a card I'm looking at a specific deck for. I'm not going to be playing it much outside of that. Uh, yeah, another sure. card that I'm looking at for my Graceblade deck is Return Triumphant. So a lot of people have been comparing this directly to Recommission, which is a code we got in Brothers War. Uh, it follows into a lot of the same design space. Return Triumphant is one in a white for a sorcery. You return target creature card with mana value 3 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. You will then create a young hero roll token attached to it. The young hero roll is whenever this creature attacks. If its toughness is 3 or less, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it. If you put another roll on the creature later, put this one into the graveyard. Uh, so again... Uh, this compares well to Recommission. Recommission does allow you to target an artifact or a creature that's mana value 3 or less, and it gives whatever it is you return, I think as long as it's a creature, gives it a plus 1 plus 1 counter. Return Triumphant yep. doesn't target artifacts, but it grants it that roll. Now, in my Graceblade deck, this roll will never ever trigger because Graceblade naturally has 3 toughness, and once I put this aura on it, it will have 5 toughness. <laughs> However, right. my Graceblade deck doesn't run too many uh, reanimation spells. It runs two that I saw earlier, uh, Recommission and uh, Late for Dinner. I think Return mm -hmm. Triumphant will be a good replacement for Late for Dinner because Late for Dinner was the only card in the deck above three mana value, and the aura here is really what I care about. I care more about this sure. aura than I care about the food. So yep. I think this is a great swap for that deck. I think in general... This is this will be a great card to consider either alongside or in place of recommission. I think this by no means like straight up replaces recommission though. Uh, certain decks right. are going to want recommission. Certain decks are going to want return triumphant, and some decks might want both. Sure. Uh, and the final white card I want to talk about is Kellen's Lightblade. So this is kind of like an updated impeccable timing. Uh, for those of you who don't know what impeccable timing is, it's one in a white for an instant that deals three damage to target attacking or blocking creature. Uh, a card that's always been like kind of near and dear to my heart for whatever reason. I'm not entirely sure why, but it's never been like quite good <laughs> enough to even put into a PDH deck. I like yeah. this Lightblade. Uh, so it's one in a white for an instant, uh, does the same thing, but it also has Bargain. And if the spell was Bargained, it just straight up destroys the creature instead. 
this yep. feels really good in decks that have incidental tokens and i feel like in decks that ha- in decks that have a high number of incidental tokens kellen's lightblade is an actual like consideration two sure. mana to destroy mm-hmm. a creature is an excellent rate in mono white yeah granted it's attacking or blocking but i mean that's most of our format yeah so. <laughs> yeah yeah i like that quite a yeah, bit yeah i, I- when it comes to commons, I think that the, it's... the attacking or blocking phrase that, that is on white commons, I think people take that a little... A, I don't know how I want to phrase this. People take that as as it is worse than it actually is. because Yeah, as a weakness or a drawback. Right, because yeah. in any other format, I would absolutely say, like, yeah, you know, if the creature has to be attacking or it has to be blocking, like, that's a pretty big drawback. Because there are, in other formats, especially like EDH... Most of the creatures you're playing, you're not attacking with them unless they get like goaded or something. But in mm-hmm. our format, where board stalls happen and you know there's a lot of aggro going back and forth, even in the is it spellslinger decks, they tend to have creatures they they send into the fray. I think that that attacking or blocking clause isn't as relevant in PDH. I think you're going to find that to not be as big of a hurdle. So I enjoy this type of effect a little bit more in pdh and i'm I'm glad to see kind of an upgraded version of a card that just isn't quite there yet Mm -hmm. yeah very well said i'm unimpressed by the light blade i think it's really i think it's categorically worse than fierce retribution i think it's worse than swift response and i think that when I look past those two spells to see what other removal I should be running, I have Generous Gift and I have Vanish into Eternity, and I just don't need a fifth one that's worse than all of those. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I'd like where'd it go? The Light Blades. I like the Light Blades that it because of the bargain, it plays well in different archetypes. I enjoy that about it quite a bit. But it may be, you know, it, it's another theme here with the Eldraine cards. It may be one that gets played a few times and you're like, huh, I really should just cut this for other cards. I think the bargain is probably going to be more expensive than a lot of people think it is. Or I, yeah. I might be saying this just because, like, I watched the Pals do their set review last night. And, like, the Pals, mm-hmm. the pals are accustomed to a certain lifestyle where yeah. every time they play a game, six different people hit the Gen- Grumgully's generosity button and give them all blood tokens, food, clues, shards, whatever. Yeah. Like they're just swimming uh-huh. in tokens that they don't know what to do with. So like for them, bargain is just free. Sure. I think that yep. a lot of people are looking at the bargain spells and thinking, oh, I can get this effect. And it's like, well, you have to pay a lot for it. Like, I don't think it's as good as you think it is. Yeah. But I mean, in the right deck, I think it has a lot of potential. For sure. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right, does that round out your white, Liam? Yeah, that rounds out my white. Cool. Uh, do you want me to take it, Dave, or do you want to go with your white? I only have one white card. It's cooped up. Do it. It's a, cooped up. It's a new Pestilence. Or not Pestilence, Pacifism. It's a new Pacifism. Ooh, had me scared for a second. <laughs> Sorry. It's the white <laughs> Pestilence. No, it's not. The white nothing, Pestilence. Nothing like Pestilence. Uh, it's Pacifism yep. is the word I was trying to say. It's a two-mana aura. Enchanted creature can't attack or block that has the added benefit of for three mana, you can exile enchanted creature. So this is a, I think this is a strict upgrade from dreadful apathy, which is a card that is the exact same thing, but costs one more mana to cast. 
which Dreadful yeah, Apathy Theros, yep. was a strict upgrade from Sigardia's Imprisonment and Choking Restraints, which are the exact same card, but still much, much more expensive. Yeah. I, I like to see that these costs are coming down. I like, you know, five mana Exile Target Creature seems pretty good with the added benefit of being able to do silly nonsense with this, like put the Exile ability on the stack and then bounce cooped up back into your hand and watch as the creature <laughs> still gets exiled, and then you can put the pacifism on something else and exile that yep, again keep later. Moving it around. Yeah. Like, if you are if you listened to last week's episode about the horrifying shenanigans that Olka does, and you want more of that, you can do that with Cooped Up. Um, yep. Not much else to say about it. I think it's, I think it's solid. I think it's going to be in some decks. Far yeah, from pretty all straightforward. All right. Uh, besides Break the Spell, which we already went over, I have two more white cards. The first one is Rhyme for Reindeer. It's uh, three generic and a white for a 3-4 elk. Usually there are 3-3. Three, three. This is a 3-4 elk. And whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, tap target creature and opponent controls. I And I know Liam is. I am a huge fan of Court Street Denizen. that taps a creature every time a white creature ETBs. Oh, yeah. Um, huge powerhouse in some decks this is not that i'm not saying that it is that but it's sort of similar in that kind of realm and i'm only thinking about it like that because of the sheer density of an enchantments and auras that i love to play so i i think this is going to be the court street denizen you need it to be in a pinch it's not going to be um the game ender that the denizen can be at times and it's a three four it's not terrible but yeah i i plan on or not plan on. I enjoy casting a lot of enchantments and auras, and let's see if I can uh, get some combat damage through because I tap down their creatures. And it may play well in some other decks that care about creatures being tapped, that sort of thing. But I care about the uh, the enchantment side of it. You guys have anything you want to add about the reindeer? It seems pretty straightforward. I don't think there's any sneaky like lines of lines of play here or anything. Yeah, it seems fine. Yeah, it seems all right. It's got a good body. Uh, yeah, it, it really does. If it, if this was a three, even if it was like a normal elk, like a three three, I may not be interested in it for four. But a three four, that's not too bad. Uh, my last white card here is Slumbering Keep Guard. It's a single white for a one one. It's human knight. Whenever an incre- <laughs> familiar rule text, when in, whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. I have a type. And then for two generic and a white slumber guard, keep, slumbering keep guard. Gets plus one, plus one until the end of turn for each enchantment you control. So it has sort of a built-in uh, ethereal armor, and I am absolutely all about that. And it's not, obviously it's not a tap ability, and it does not say activate only once each turn. Yeah. So <laughs> you got enough mana, you got six mana, you can give it plus, you can ancestral mask it, like... I am completely here for it. And it's a one-drop. It's a one-drop 1-1 one, one that cares about enchantments, and it helps you sort of set up the top of your deck. I am 100% about this card. Of of the commanders I've talked about and of the commons that I've talked about so far, this is probably my favorite. I'm really excited for what can be done with this card. And it's it's an instant speed activation. It can be a combat trick. It can be... Um, Whatever you need it to be. In Orzov, it can be an Essence Harvest trick. Like, whatever you want to do. Like, just make it huge, kill somebody, drain somebody, whatever whatever you need. 
What do you think, Dave? What do you think, Liam? You like the, the keep guard? There are some tongue twisters in this set. Whew. Hmm. I, I do like this card. I think it's going to be fun to play. I think I think next week when we talk about our like three by three ish draft archetype transition into PDH decks, I think that this mm-hmm. I think that this deck is going to get talked about a lot. The the Neva uh, Orzhov enchantments build as a powerhouse sure. of of limited, and then I think it's just going to stay exactly as much of a powerhouse in that Neva build as it gets transferred into. Yep. Uh, a regular PDH deck. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty yeah. stoked for it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, scry Liam, is huge. That is huge. And yeah. it's only Scry 1, but I mean, White, even even Orzov doesn't have a ton of ways to do that. So, um, uh, without, you know, going backwards on resources or something. Of your picks, Brad, the only thing I'm upset mm-hmm. about is the Rhyme for a Reindeer. I'm mm-hmm. really upset it's not three mana. I, I know, like, I know. I can only justify the four mana because it's got a four right, butt other than that. Right, because it's a three four. Yeah. But like, if it was like a two three, it could have totally been three mana. Or like a, a, sure. a one yeah, two yeah. even. I mean, at that point, it's not really much of an elk. But like, I'm so upset that it's not three mana. <laughs> yeah, four like, mana is a lot to dedicate if, to this if effect. If this was three mana, I would 100% slot this into Graceblade. But the four mana sure. like really, really hurts in that deck. Yeah. Like you know, like I was saying earlier, the only thing in that deck that was four mana was something that got back Graceblade, my commander. Like this is an amazing effect I would love to have, but I I can't justify it at four mana. Yeah, even and, in an enchantment deck, you wanna you wanna say you know if you're if you're spending four mana, you want it to be on a Kablamo aura yeah. or multiple auras or something, not just like a body that may not do anything until next turn. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, Liam, you want to take us into blue? I can take. Do you have any blue? blue? I do have a little bit of blue. Uh, oh, you do have some blue. By a little bit, I have like seven. Yeah. All right. Let's get started. Freeze in place. Uh, I am loving stun counters. I think that this is a really good effect at two mana. Tapping something down for three tons and then scrying two at two mana seems really good. Sure. Even at sorcery speed. Because sometimes you just need to remove an attacker for three turns and, and you're good. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> I, I I think freezing places is a really solid common that, that people should just consider. The next one that's all I got for freezing place. Uh sure. the next one is into the Fay Court. Uh I'm not particularly in love with this this design. But I like the design space. We've we've seen it on a few cards. I this is either the second or the third version of this we've seen, where it's three blue blue for a sorcery to draw three cards, and then it has some other effect. Uh, the obvious one coming to mind would be Lorien revealed, uh, island cycling for a single mana as an alternative uh, mm-hmm. into the Fey Court rather than having island cycling makes you a fairy. So you know, do with that information what you will. Um, <laughs> This one of these is clearly better than the other. Yes. <laughs> but I like the design space. And I think that Lorien Revealed is like the ceiling and Into the Fey Court is pretty darn close to the floor. So I'm kind of excited to see in a couple of sets like what else exists in this space. Sure. We also just got Reverse Engineer, which is... Thank you. That's the other one that was in good. my head. Yeah. I was like, I was like, there was like a downshift or something. I'm not... Yeah, Reverse Engineer. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
The next one I have is Johan's Stopgap, kind of like a new blink of an eye into the Royal. Uh, so it's three and a blue for a sorcery. You return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand and draw a card, which is the text of blink of an eye and into the Royal if you pay their kicker cost. But Johan's Stopgap has bargain, and if you bargain it, then the spell costs two less to cast. So I know I, I, I can't remember exactly where I saw it. It was either Reddit or Twitter or, or might have been someone else's Discord. It wasn't ours. I saw like some back and forth about like, is this better than Blink of an Eye into the Royal? Is it on par? Is it slightly worse? I don't know. I'm not the person with that answer. I'm not sure that that ever got resolved, though. <laughs> Blink of an Eye is an instant. Yeah, so is Into the Royal. Those are instants, and this is Stop, a source. Stopgap is not better than those cards. Yeah. Right. It's so cool. I, I don't think I love having... I, okay, I'm not the one with the answer. But my personal opinion <laughs> is that I think it's on par. Because I think even though it is sorcery speed, the ability to discount it by two by potentially sacrificing a single treasure is there. You pay one mana for the two. Eh. I mean, then it's sure. just repulse, but still not an right. instant. Still not an instant. All right. I All think, right. I think not being an instant. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Okay. Um, mocking Sprite is a mono blue flying fairy goblin electromancer. Uh, two and a blue for a two one <laughs> fairy rogue that has flying incident sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. This thing's good. You should play it in all your decks. Moving on. Quick study. Uh, this is just a better divination. They they did it. They they power crept divination. Over the years we've been getting uh, you know three mana sorceries that draw two cards and, and do something else. Uh, we've been getting Four five mana instants that draw two cards, maybe do something else, maybe make you discard a card. There's a lot in this design space around three and four mana. But like divination has kind of always been the, the three mana sorcery, draw two cards. It's just the the standard ability effect, and, and that's what all the others have kind of been compared against. Mm-hmm. Quick study is better than that. Quick study is better than the litmus test, which makes it the new litmus test which makes all the other cards that much worse. <laughs> yeah, they've definitely made a statement with this card, even though, like, I know Scryfall puts the prices of cards on here, and it's all pre-order prices, guesswork at this point, but this card has been double the price of every other common we've talked about so far. Yeah, yeah. It's... Because it says instant. Yes. It also has yeah. remarkable art. It's, a, it's really good art. That is very good, also like, fairy tale art. Yep. And it talks about Johan, so there you go. I don't know who that is, but... He showed up twice so far. Johan is the blue-red legend. Melek, but slow and mm. less threatening. Okay. Okay, yep. Yep, you're right. All cool. right. Uh, next up is Spell Stutter. One in the blue for an instant. You counter target spell unless its controller pays two, plus an additional one for each fairy you control. Uh, this is just Spell Stutter Sprite's ability, sort of, kind of, on a counter spell, which is really neat. Uh, my my two major comments are is does is is one does wizards not pay attention to sixty card popper because this is going to see a lot of play <laughs> a lot of play yeah it probably there's that there's the there's the blue X depending on what your meta is fairy ninja deck nonsense that looks absolutely like a blast to play and then there's just also blue black fairies like yeah this is insane this is a good card uh, my other well, comment is. I'm surprised this design wasn't saved for Lorwyn in 
2025, 2026. I guess they didn't know about it when they were designing this set, like, a year ago, sending it off to print. They they might not have known about Lorwyn, but... My first yeah. question is, how mm-hmm. much... It, I, I don't know anything about 60-card popper. How much play does Manalik see? Is Manalik, None. like, a... Because this... To me, this card feels like it is usually equal equal to or worse than Manalik. Then, correct. Yeah, and actually, if you've if you're in a pinch and you got no creatures on board, it's worse. Right. Right. If, so, if you if if you've got no creatures, it's worse than Manalik. I, I, I feel 60 like card popper. The density of fairies is very high. Yeah. Like is Miscreant, it? Seer, Spellstutter, Sprite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, At okay. any given time, just, you're gonna have you're going, gonna have two to eight fairies on yeah, board. I'm just oh, going right. based off okay. of what I've seen at SCGs. The decks that care about their fairies, which is very specifically blue-black fairies and the blue X ninja fairy deck, whatever. So, those two decks are going to absolutely love this card. So Every, they should. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I was vastly underestimating how many fairies the fairy deck played. If this is consistently better than Manalik, then uh, yeah. Oh, th- this is consistently sure. five plus to, to, to pay. Like yikes. yeah, yeah. The mono blue fairies deck isn't going to play it because they could just play counter spell, right? Because like, they have the islands. But yeah, you're right. In the blue X decks, blue X fairy decks, this is going to be great because it's always yeah. turn one fairy seer, turn two, you know, spell setter sprite. Like I, it's a fairy every turn. The, the the mono blue decks, so mono blue fairies and mono blue fairy ninjas, they won't play this, or they might play like one or two. Yeah, I could see him definitely playing they, they, one, they'd probably, te- testing actually, two, they'd maybe. They'd probably replace Negate with this. Oh, I could... Actually, that's not that's not a bad idea at all. So, I so, could see that. So they might be... They'd be playing somewhere between one and two up to four. Um, the the blue-black fairies are definitely playing this because they don't have the blue pips for Counterspell. Uh, and right, the, exactly. The, mm-hmm. the ninja decks that like to pretend they're blue-black fairies, but they get infinitely <laughs> worse when they do pretend... They'll be playing this because they don't have the pips for counterspell. Yep, it's it's definitely a very situational, very meta card. But there there are decks that are going to love the absolute crap out of this, and then everyone else is just like, "That's cool." Moving on. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. So good. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have is Water Wings. Uh, this is one of the blue for an instant until end of turn. Target creature you control has base power and toughness four four. And gains flying and hexproof. My only comment about this is this feels very Dan Danny. This card might get me to revisit my my Papa Dan Dan list, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that wraps up my blue. Yeah, it's just another uh, uh, combat trick for mischievous catgeist. No, it's the this is the first one of these that gives hexproof. This yes, is, the hexproof is enormous. This enormous. is going to be an all-star in bird horse this is gonna do some damage <laughs> in bird horse yeah bro hexproof that's with right. all those plus one plus one counters on it like that's yeah. wild <laughs> right like the it's just a straight up plus three plus three to the horse and like flying and it's gonna blank the removal spell that someone had to pay three extra mana for like uh, this is gonna just gross. ruin someone's entire career <laughs> yes it certainly is it certainly is yeah Ugh. So, but again, you know, we've talked about a few of these Eldraine cards where they're fine, they're decent on the on the um, on the surface, and then when you get into specific decks, then they turn into something much better. So, I like it. Okay. Yeah. You want to go, Dave, or you want me to take my blue? Uh, between you and Liam, I have no blue spells. 
Wow. All of, like, there's lots of blue spells that I'm really excited about, but I mm-hmm. I hopped into these show notes last, and all all ten of the really good ones were already in your your list. <laughs> Do you want to take some? I feel bad now. No, you should take some. Okay. Okay, I'll, t- I'll take can... I'll take Aquatic Alchemist because it's it's the second cutest card in the set. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, this is uh, an adventure, an, a mono blue adventure creature. It is an elemental. It is a the creature half is a two mana one three. That becomes a 3-3 three, three, the first time you cast an instant or sorcery each turn. Mm-hmm. And the adventure half is a 3-mana sorcery that lets you put an instant or sorcery from your graveyard on top of your library. It's trying very hard to live in the same space as Archeomancers in that it wants yep. you to recycle your instants and in sorceries. It's much, much, much worse than Archeomancer because you, you can't flicker the alchemist to continue doing that effect. You could bounce Correct. it to your hand. But that still only lets you loop putting something on top of your library. It's very, very right. difficult to break this card and go infinite. But in terms of a value play, it's just a really cool effect on a really, really awesome looking card. Like this yeah. is this is like a a bubbling steam water elemental that's just wearing a cauldron on his head. <laughs> like a hat. For some reason. Uh-huh. It's amazing. Yeah, well, dumping potions into another cauldron. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. There's and it's an elemental in, in Risen Reef colors, so let's do that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, cheap, a cheap elemental in Risen Reef colors. I'm huge on that. I'm excited about this in a lot of decks that like don't even need it. <laughs> but I just, sure. I, I love totally the idea <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, 3-3, three, three, that's not really nothing. I mean, yeah, fine. I like 3-3s. Three, all right, let's swing it up top here. Where are we at? Uh, Living Lectern is my first blue card. It's a generic and a blue for a 0-4 artifact creature construct. Uh, you can pay one and sacrifice it, draw a card, and then create a sorcerer roll token attached up uh, attached to up to one target creature you control. Activate only as a sorcery. Uh, yeah, it seems fine. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's it. All around, like every bit of this card just seems fine. It's no Malkator's Watcher, but it's still pretty decent. It's an artifact. It's a mono blue artifact. It's a mono blue artifact creature. It's a mono blue artifact creature that says draw a card on it. Like it's got some things going for it. I just think that all of those things added together still equal just fine. Maybe underlined fine or bold font fine, but it's still just fine. What do you think? I really like it. I like that it's got yeah, bot. it's fun. I like mm-hmm. that it yeah, can... it definitely got definitely got behind. Yeah, I think yeah. it's zero think four. It's... Ain't nothing. Um, it's gonna it's gonna find its way into a couple of my decks. Yeah, sure. I I, I like the I was gonna say I wish it had at least one power. I but you can attach the sorcerer roll. Oh, it does say other target creature you control. Hmm. Yeah, that's okay. I don't I don't care about it not having power. I just wish you could do that at instant speed. That's true. The sorcerer yeah, speed activation point. is the the most depressing part about this card. Yeah, so you can't like block and then do your thing. Yeah. yeah. But what do you think, Liam? Do you like the lectern or nah? If it wasn't an artifact creature, I don't think this would even be on my list at all. So I like that it's an artifact quite a bit. Yeah. I I, I really like. I don't care about it at all. <laughs> sure, that's totally fair. It seems fine. Uh, you just you have to sacrifice it to get the roll, and. Mm-hmm. And like, a card. Well, it replaces itself, sure, but like, 
three mana to replace itself and get a role that, you know, is an aura still. Like, the, the roles are auras. They have that reputation of being two for one very frequently. I just sure. foresee someone waiting for you to sacrifice this. I mean, yeah, it replaces itself, sure. But you cycled for three mana and then they blow up the creature that the roll goes on. Like, yeah, hmm? that. This thing, I feel like that's going to happen a few times. That's going to feel bad. But I think if, if if that's the lens, then yeah, this card is really disappointing. I'm seeing early game something that's just going to block for days. Yeah, and while then, you set up your big fat manas. Then it's going to turn into... Then it's going to pivot into replacing itself and letting me be more aggressive and fixing my late game draws with that scry one yeah. on the roll. I think well, I, I I guess I should say I'm really excited about this card in limited, and we're gonna see how it plays in limited before I make my final judgments. But I think it yeah. I think it has a home in in some decks. You know, and actually we'll probably get to them here shortly. But uh, I have decks that care about super high mana values, like Thunderous Snapper cares about mana value five or higher, that sort of thing. Like this is just a good early blocker while I'm trying to set all that stuff up. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's no, and it goes towards affinity, yada yada yada. But um, yeah, it's no Seagate Oracle, but I feel like it's <laughs> similar-ish. Right, and we've said that about a few that, cards. Like it's no, uh, you know, ancestral mask, but it sort of is-ish. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like it's not village rights, but if you squint and have a few shots first, it probably is. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> All right, my last uh, my last blue card here is Storm Keld Prowler. For two mana, it's a 2-1 human rogue. Whenever you cast a spell with mana value five or greater, look at that, uh, you put two plus one plus one counters on it. That seems kind of silly for that rate. Uh, I don't know how easy it's going to be to cast expensive spells in Eldraine um, Limited, but I know that, like I just mentioned it, my Thunderous Snapper deck wants this quite a bit. Because it yeah. focuses on uh, like the big mana affinity spells that you know they're like six mana value, but they actually cost one. So like I'm gonna spend one blue mana to do something, or zero mana to cast a mirror enforcer or whatever, and put two counters on this. Like that seems real good. So two I can counters see this. is gonna it, add up really fast. That's what I'm saying. That's what sort of like the whole reason it's on the list. It doesn't just say a counter or triggers once each turn or something it just just randomly put two counters on it i guess they you know this is they're not expecting you to cast a lot of five or greater spells in limited mm -hmm. or this mm -hmm. is just going to be a beater for sure yeah so and that's what i plan on it being in thunderous snapper is just a beater like it's got a one butt so it's going to die fairly easily until wow. it, you get until two, it four, six counters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until it's got a three butt suddenly or a right. five. Like, come on, let's go. So I am super, super happy about that one. Super excited about that one. It's my probably my favorite blue card from the set. Uh, Seems cool. Great. I guess we're, yeah, we're on to black now. What do you got, Liam? I have a simple card. It is Liam's Grim Search. For two and a black, you get an instant that has bargain. <laughs> if this spell was bargain, you look at the top four cards of your library, then put two of them back on top and two into the graveyard, and then you draw two cards and lose two life. Uh, yep. This is really nice design space in the three-mana uh, black instant slash sorceries that draw you two cards. Yeah, digs. Oh, you look at the I'm top sorry. four. That, that's I read big. that wrong. If it was bug, you look at the top four, then put up to two of them on top and the rest into the graveyard. So if you don't like all four, you could just dump all four. 
Yeah, you just dump all four. Oh, this of just them. got yeah. better. It's it's um, really good. Yeah, I'm like really I was good. I was I was dumping on Bargain before when we were talking about the Light Blade. Like yeah. this is the card that makes me really excited about Bargain. I think this is sure powerhouse. Yeah, no, this is amazing. Yeah, I like this it is, quite a bit. This is like the only I, the only black card that like I picked because I'm like if I'm getting any of them, it's this one. Yeah, uh, like you I know, and like it seems like maybe it's been going on for a while, but it feels like every new standard set that comes out, they have a three mana black something 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 draw two cards yeah. something 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 spell, and it's always tied to the set mechanics. This one's probably my favorite one that's come out in recent yeah, memory. My, like they had the one about domain and that sort of thing. Yeah, my, my, I think they had a food one or something, but this one was awesome. My two favorite ones in the past were Forbidden Fruit. Uh, For, Forbidden Fruit. From Eldraine, which was the food one. And then uh, Points of Discussion from Val, which was the blood one. Those mm, are that's my, a, that's you, a good one. Those are like my two one. favorite ones. And like, if you, yeah. if you play both of those, you're going to have the token to sacrifice to bargain this. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. Look at that. <laughs> Dude, Bingo. This, this, is, Bingo. this is like an instant slam dunk into Yoggle because I have so many artifacts. Yeah. Bargain. I, like, what, I'd what be okay think? losing one of my equipment if it meant I could potentially dig for a better one. Yeah. Oh, sure. Digging down sure, sure, sure. up to six cards just seems insane. Yeah, it's going to feel really good to sacrifice like an Icker Wellspring to this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but do you think Minthara likes to bargain? Uh, yeah, she's got enough token creatures. Do we think okay. Stormclaw likes to bargain? Yes. Yes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's, nice. Here's my, my little quick rant about Rowan's Grim Search. Okay. Five years ago... I put the card Bitter Revelation in every single one of my black decks because it was a huge staple. That is yes. the four mana sorcery. Look at the top four. Put two into the graveyard, two in your hand, lose two life. Like That card has been so savagely dumpstered by everything in the last five oh, so years. Like, I don't every have Every line of text. <laughs> every line of text is just complete... Like, a, a year or so ago, like they made they made a blue version of it that's just the same card, but an instant. And I lost mm -hmm. my mind when that happened. And now I don't even run that in like my blue decks. Like yeah. everything, like yeah, it's scattered thoughts. That's the blue scattered one. thoughts. Yep. When that one came out, I was like, oh, it's just better revelation. <laughs> I was so salty about it, and now like I don't have either of those cards in anything anymore because they're just so like terrible compared to what I could have. Yeah, just so this power is crept. Yeah, Rowan's Grim Search feels real good. Yeah, it's funny when you know people say, "Oh, these commons have been power crept." They're always looking at some sort of like instant speed or flashy creature or some kind of like blitz creature for one mana. Like, oh, the power creep at common is real, but it's really like a lot of it lies in the heart of cards like this. These super grindy cards that are just chock full of card advantage. Yep, but they go under the radar because they don't like cast this and do a bunch of damage or cast this and put a bunch of bodies on the board like they just it's sneaky advantage but they're super powerful it's good stuff very good stuff very good stuff oh what do you got for black dave i have two black, black cards, cards. <gasps> Ooh. all um, right let's do it the first one i need to talk about is called not dead after all which mm -hmm. is hilarious uh if my math is correct this is the 37th black spell <laughs> that grave flickers that we've gotten in the last two weeks Two weeks, yes. Yeah, thirty-seven in the last two weeks. I, I mean, you can you can double check my math, but I'm pretty sure it's correct. Uh, no, no, you're you're the math teacher. I'm sure you're right. Yeah, you just just trust me. Don't check the math. 
Yeah, we have a one mana instant that says until end of turn, target creature you control gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped. Most of our Grave Flicker cards are either going to give it a, a power boost before it dies, like Supernatural Stamina, or a counter after it dies, like Undying mm -hmm. Malice or Undying Evil. This is that, but with set mechanic. So yep. it's going to bring the creature back and then attach a Wicked Roll to it. I am excited about this because I've been weirdly really enthusiastic about Grave Flicker decks lately. I've, like, I've made Grave Flickering into like a central theme of like four of my decks in the last year or so, which feels mm -hmm. like a lot, but it's just so much fun to do. It is so much fun. With yep. like Triarch Praetorian just gives you cards every time it comes back from the graveyard and like, you know, the the new twisted sewer witch that mm -hmm. I'm building with all the rats just needs every single one of these cards it can get. Uh yep. Gonti just got downshifted. Gonti loves to be grave flickered. Um Barrowin Loves to be Grave Flickered. Loves to oh, have yeah. all the Grave mm -hmm. Flickers in her deck. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's just there's so many cool things you can do with this. And like we have... I think we had Critical Mass one or two spells ago. And that they're giving us more and more is just making these decks better and more better and more consistent. And I love that we have that. It's just a ton of fun for me. Yeah, they really are. What do you got next... My other black card is called Shatter the Oath, which uh, I'm going to be cool honest name. with you. Very cool name. Super cool name, super cool art. Uh, Abundant Honesty, this is not a good card. This is a <laughs> five-mana sorcery. Oof. That's why it's not a good card. Uh, but I do want to mention it because this is the first destroy target creature or enchantment effect that we have that doesn't cost us life. So, I mean, yes. feed, feed the swarm at two mana. A much better card. We have a couple other pieces of enchantment removal in black that are edict flavored that your opponents can dodge by having a different enchantment in play to sacrifice, like they don't target. Uh, there's a couple other pieces of enchantment removal we have in black that are stapled to beholders, uh, which all cost six mana, which are fine. Mm -hmm. uh, I just like this because I, I like that we are seeing more targeted enchantment removal in black, and it's it's flexible. To destroy a creature or enchantment. Yep. Um, and then you create a wicked roll. So it, it compares really closely with Feed the Swarm. Uh, for three extra mana, you don't lose <laughs> life, and you get uh, to put a plus one plus one aura on one of your creatures, which is not yeah, I'm... not great. But I just like that there's two of them now. Yeah, I do too. Because sometimes it just feels bad to feed the swarm that Ulamog's Crusher. Yeah, that's not what you want to feed the swarm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not at all. No. All right, good card though. Yeah, should be interesting. I like it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think it could be. I'm sure it's five mana because of the limited environment, but also it could be five mana because they want to test out a non-life loss card in black that destroys enchantments. You know, mm -hmm. in two years. That card right there may be functionally reprinted at three mana or four mana. Like, yeah, we just have that option now, so we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, let's go here. I think I got two black cards real quick, and they're both puns. They're both plays on the whole candy food thing that we got going on in Eldraine. The first one is Candy Grapple. Grapples are really good. It's a two mana instant, generic and a black. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until the end of turn. If this spell was bargained, it gets minus five, minus five until the end of turn. 
I'm not super sure how good minus five minus five is going to be in PDH. I more care that I more care about the bargain, the bargain half of it, and being instant speed. That's not nothing. It doesn't say destroy, so it gets around indestructible, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and I heard a lot of people talking about this card in sixty card popper as well. So minus five minus five, like that's pretty much going to kill your Tolarian terrors and all that. So um, that's the big menace of the format right now. So that should be good. We'll just kind of see where it goes. And the art is hilarious. It's this big poisonous apple eating a guy. It's funny. So. Uh, do you have anything to add about this one? It's sort of Obnixilis's cruelty, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think it's worse than cruelty, but it's cool. Sure. Oh, like, sure, sure, sure. Definitely. It's, Ob- it's Obnix's cruelty with set mechanic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They love the set mechanics. Um, the next one plays along with the food theme as well. This is called Sugar Rush, which I love on a daily basis. It is also two mana, generic and a black for another instant. And this is just super straightforward. Like, the rules text of this card draws me back to like olden days of magic like it's just target creature gets plus three plus O until the end of turn and you draw a card that's it like get all hyper and ramped up from the sugar you draw a card and that's it then your spell resolves and you go on to the next play so i'm super fan of black combat tricks and this one draws a card and the art is hilarious so i don't know we're gonna try it out i don't i don't know a lot of decks that i'll instantly play it in but i love that if i just for some reason am missing a an instant speed draw card i have this option and it's you know plus three plus oh so i like it what are we gonna say i I just love the aesthetic of like sweets being these horrifying monstrous nightmare monstrosities in eldrain land (laughs) like there's a lot of different arts that reference that and like it's all it's all cute until it's not it's all cute until it is not yep Cool. Uh, let's see. Yep, my next one's red. So, uh, Liam, if you got any red, you can uh, take us there. I sure do have a little bit of red. Uh, the first one is Bespoke Battle Garb. Uh, this is one in red for an equipment. It gives the equipped creature plus two plus zero, oh, and it equips for two. I also want to go back on a little bit of what I said. I know Celebration uh, that I said it was pretty bad earlier, but this is like the only good Celebration card, so bear with me. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if two or more non-land permanents enter the battlefield under your control, uh, attack, attach Bespoke Battle Garb to up to one target creature you control. Free equip is always nice. Uh, and in equipment decks, it's not very hard to chain two equipment or a new creature and an equipment onto the battlefield. So I really like Bespoke Battle Garb a lot. Sure. And new yep. equipment are always good. Yeah, always welcome. Uh, my next one is Gnawing Crescendo. For two and a red, you get an instant. The creatures you control get plus two plus zero until end of turn. And whenever a non-token creature you control dies this turn, create a 1-1 one, one black rat creature token with this creature can't block. Uh, it's a new trump- trumpet blast with a sort of kind of board protection attached. That seems really good. Right. Yeah, I know, Dave. You're pretty excited for this card. And Carter was it? Carter. Yeah, I have a handful of decks that want to thread the needle between going wide and being aristocracy that make a lot right. of tokens. Yeah, I got. And one then yeeting those tokens at people's faces, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that this card is going Solid. to do both of those things really hard. Just makes me like really, really enthusiastic. I, like I mentioned on Discord, this is about to become the best card in my Carter deck, <laughs> which is nuts because Carter is full of juice. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, my next one is Torch the Tower. Uh, it's single red for an instant. Uh, it deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker. Uh, and if a permanent dealt damage by Torch the Tower would die this turn, you exile it instead. It also has bargain, and if you bargain it successfully, it deals three damage instead of the two, uh, and you scry one. Yep. I don't you know. make this a lightning bolt, It just huh? feels pretty good, I feel like. I'm, it's, it's definitely not lightning bolt, because you have to red and bargain to get the three damage. Yeah, and it doesn't go to face. Right. I don't know. just feels good. Yeah, I like it. Not a... Not, I don't really have anything against it. Yeah. So, uh, next one is Unruly Catapult. It is two and yes. a red for zero four <laughs> artifact creature construct with Defender. Uh, mm-hmm. You can tap it to deal one damage to each opponent, and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, untap it. This is another Thermo Alchemist, and this one triggers artifact things. This is good. Yeah, an- another is- Alchemist with a bigger butt, and it's an artifact. Yeah, this is good. Uh, my only real comment on this is ping a ling a ding. Not entirely sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a great comment. Yeah, that's just my comment. Uh, and yeah, finally, good. I've I've been in love with Labra Crew for a long, long time, and yeah. I've just wished Labra Crew better, and now it is. Yep. <laughs> did they realize that? In, did they realize that in the first Eldraine they made the catapult that cared about knights and it was terrible? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we need to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there, there was a while where I was running that bad catapult and, like, Lava Crew index that didn't have knights or multicolored spells just because <laughs> I wanted to get that effect once per turn. <laughs> and, like, just, oh, this is, we've come so far. I'm so yeah. proud of us. And once again, a four-butt is ginormous. Say you, it's unkillable. You, know, you end your turn, yeah, you end your turn with this tap and someone swings at you, you just cast a spell and you're like, oh, look, I got a blocker, as well as whatever I just did with my spell. Yep. As well as the extra damage you're going to take as soon as combat's over. Yes, so uh, <laughs> choose wisely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And my final red card is Witch's Mark. Uh, it's one in red for a sorcery. You may discard a card. If you do, draw two cards. Create a Wicked Roll token attached to up to one target creature you control. The Wicked Roll gives the enchanted creature plus one plus one, and when the aura is put into a graveyard, each opponent loses one life. Uh, this is a better tormenting voice because the discard card is on resolution, not on cast. Uh, with aura slash enchantment upside in certain decks, you're probably not running tormenting voice in too many decks anymore because these days we have a thrill of possibility, which is just the instant speed version. But we also have Ren's Resolve and Reckless Impulse and right. Cathartic Reunion. Bitter Rev. Bitter Rev. Yes. No, not uh, Bitter Rev is the black card that Electric I hate. Bitter Reunion. Oh, oh, so you had me confused. Yeah, Bitter, Bitter Reunion. Reunion. Bitter Reunion is the one I... And the art on Witch's Mark is so good. It's really good. Bitter Reunion. So good. I'm, Here's, I'm blanking real hard on what Bitter, Bitter Reunion is. Bitter Reunion is the enchantment In, that you can later Brothers War. Right, your whole okay. Board I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, I know what that does. I'm just, I was blanking super hard <laughs> on it. Uh, yeah, you've, you've got so many better things these days. You're probably not running Tormenting Voice. If you are still running Tormenting Voice for whatever reason, I recommend picking up Witch's Mark because that discard being on resolution rather than cast is just better. If you're running some kind of red deck that cares about enchantments or auras in any way, if the Wicked Roll is something you could use, I, I would consider this. Because the, the the way I'm looking at it is the Wicked Roll is just kind of gravy on top of the card. Yeah, and I kind of like that it has a fail case where... You know, it says you may discard a card. So if you're hellbent, you can just make a wicked roll yeah. if you need 
to trigger something or you just need that extra buff or whatever. Yep. Have we like have it. we fully explored all the implications of what this card does with uh, Zada? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Yeah, it's this is a I tormenting voice that that <laughs> targets a single creature. Uh-huh. So uh, if you wanted to give your entire board wicked rolls and then draw fifteen cards, uh-huh. draw draw sixteen. Now discard do you eight. have to? Do you, how does that work? Do you have to have the eight to discard to draw sixteen, or like how does each well, each when, one they resolve one at a time? So you you uh, may discard one, then you draw two. And then you may discard one and draw two, and then you may ah. discard one and draw two. Okay. Cool. So yeah, it's one at cool, a time. Cool, cool. Yeah. So okay. you'll you'll have enough cards if you keep if you keep having dead draws, you'll have enough cards to keep discarding. And since it's a may, you can just be like, oh, I stop. Yep. Because I got, I got, I got juice. Yeah. So. And and the the, no pun intended, but the role that the wicked rolls play in board protection, because if you get enough of them, your opponents are not going to want to wipe your board. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you'll just drain them uh-huh. for eight. Yeah. Yep. Which is what is yeah, it's real solid. good in Zada. That's awesome. Yes. And it's we sort of glazed over it, or we haven't had a reason to talk about it. But the wicked roll when it's placed in a graveyard, each opponent loses one life. Yeah. It's not target opponent. Like it goes everywhere. Oh, yeah. Spe- Love it. Yeah, Speaking the, of cards that the, are the wicked rolls get really good when there's a lot of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why I love my Twisted Sewer Witch. <laughs> Speaking of cards that are absolutely cracked sideways in Zada, Brad, please tell us about Flick a Coin. Yes, this one absolutely is. Uh, Flick a Coin, it is my only red card, so I'll be quick. It is too generic and a red for an instant. An instant three mana with nothing but upside. Okay, uh, Flick a Coin deals one damage to any target. Yeah, not great for three mana. But then you get to create a treasure token. All right, we're getting better. And then finally, you draw a card. Like, every word of that rules box, or every sentence of that word uh, rules box just got better and better. Like the Vince McMahon meme, where it's like the little red eyes, and then he's all excited, and then it's like his face is exploding. It just got better and better and better. Um, yeah, in Zada, this seems absolutely ridiculous, because you're going to make a bunch of tokens, draw a bunch of cards, and like... I don't know if it's going to go in every single... It'll probably go in every single, like, mono-red deck, because why not? Because it's nothing but value. Uh, some decks may not want it just because it is three mana. Sometimes that's a little little, little hard of a pill to swallow. But overall, I don't really see much of a downside with this card at all. So it's a relevant card type. It is instant speed, and it does three fairly relevant um, effects. So what do you think, Dave? I love it. Yeah, I chose I a do. I chose a really really bad time to take apart my Zada deck. <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes have been made. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, yeah, but no, it's good. I I, I like it. Yeah, in, in Zada, it's particularly ridiculous if if you want to make ten treasures and draw ten cards, and that way you'll have the mana to cast all those cards you just drew. Like yeah, oh, once once you craziness. once you draw ten cards off of uh, you know Ryle or renegade tactics <laughs> you need the 10 mana to uh cast them all with the treasures yep and perfect. here you go there it is there's your outlet right there yep yeah. perfect uh yeah that's it for me with red what do you got dave anything uh i do there's a uh, one additional red card that i need to talk about it's called okay. grabby giant hilarious this card does so many things there's so much text on this card it like okay. 
every time I look at it, I'm surprised that it does another thing. Because like I, when I was putting it into all my different decks, I was like, oh yeah, my my one deck wants this aspect of it, and my other deck wants this other aspect of it, and it just does. It's it's so versatile. This is a sure. We're gonna start with the adventure half. You get a two mana instant adventure to create a treasure token, which is something that Kalein wants. It's something that uh, oh yeah for sure. Yeah, just being able to create a treasure token and then still do other things is very good in Kalein. Click uh, mm-hmm. a coin, also great in Kalein. After you've created your treasure token, you can spend four mana for a 4-3 body with reach. Not bad. Which is also great. And the 4-3 body with reach has an additional ability that for three mana, you can sacrifice an artifact or land to draw a card. That's this wild. is a treasure it's a token generation it's artifact generation it's a really good blocker that handles flyers and it's a draw outlet and it attacks good this is yeah and the art the is, art is also He's shaking some dude down for for his yeah. candy yep yeah it's fantastic it just does every yep. it does everything you want it to do and then like also something else that you didn't really care about but it's just a bonus <laughs> like whatever deck you put this in yep Three of those things it does will be really important to you, and the fourth one will just be like, oh yeah, that's that's also good. Yeah, why don't I yeah. do that as well? Yep. Sweet. Uh, let's move on to the last color of the pie. Liam, what do you got? Yeah, uh, to wrap up the colors, I have just a few things in green. I think I have one or two. The first one is spider food. I know that. It is a new broken wings, and you know how much I love these effects. Uh, apparently I just like three mana effects a lot. I don't know. Uh, sure. Spider food is two and green for a sorcery. You destroy up to one target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying, and create a food token. So Broken Wings is the instant speed version of this that destroys an artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying, and that's it. For the longest mm. time, we had the three mana versions uh, that only hit an artifact or an enchantment, and then we had the four mana version that hit all three. Now we have the Broken Wings as of like Zendikar Rising. Uh, Sad to see them going back to sorcery speed, but making the food token, I kind of get it. Yeah. So, you know, depending whether you're playing Broken Wings or Spider Food, it's just going to kind of depend, like, do you care about the food token? Are you playing in a slower meta? I think it's going to be a meta call. Overall, this is definitely not a Shower of Arrows. The three mana versions effect that also scryed one at instant speed. Um, Mm -hmm. Shower of Arrows from, I mean, it was in the Lord of the Rings set, and the Lord of the Rings set was just cracked. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting anything as good as that. But I think this kind of falls somewhere between Broken Wings and Shower of Arrows. Sure, I can see that. Yeah. I like it. I like this effect a lot. I'm always going to like the new one. I'm always going to call yeah. out the new one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Dave, looks like you got a curse in your I list. Do. Uh, I have there's a curse there's a card called Curse of the Werefox, which functionally isn't actually very different from Cartouche of Strength. Mm-hmm. This cartouche of, that is a that's a really good way to look yeah, at it. Huh. Cartouche of Strength is a three mana aura that gives the enchanted creature plus one plus one and trample, and has an ETB effect that lets you fight. Curse yep. of the Werefox is a three mana sorcery that lets you fight, but also gives the creature a monster roll, which gives it plus one plus one and trample. So, aside from the card type, they are functionally Solid. identical in terms of what they do. I just like that this one is a Curse of a Werefox. <laughs> yeah, that's a hilarious yeah. name. Like every deck that has been running Cartouche of Sol- Strength, which is not a small number. Like the trample and the fight is really important for a lot of decks. So like mm-hmm. now we have two of them. 
and uh, one has a cool name and cooler art. Yeah. I also wanted to, to very briefly mention Return from the Wilds. Mm, this one is super interesting. Yeah. This is a three-mana green modal sorcery. There are three mm -hmm. options you can choose. Uh, one of them is search your library for basic land, put it into play tapped. One of them is create okay. a 1-1 one, one right human. One of mm -hmm. them is create a food. None of those are super great for three mana. You get to choose two. <gasps> oh. That's the twist. And that's why I... That's the, that's the grab. It's yep. so versatile. Early game, you're ramping and you're creating a, a, some kind of token. Either the human or the whatever sure. you need. You're probably sacrificing it to bargain something. It doesn't matter too much. But you get to ramp and mm -hmm. create a thing, which is good for three mana. A late game, if you don't need the mana, you just get two tokens. You get three life and a body. Like, I I think that this card is great. I think it's going to end up in a lot of my sure. decks. I, I do, too. I, it, it, it's one of those that, unless it's super late in the game or something, like, it's just not really going to feel bad to cast. Yeah. There are, sure, like, if it's turn three and you need to ramp, there are better options in our format. Yeah. But this is not a terrible option. Yeah. I mean, it's it's no cultivate, but, so, I mean, not, nothing right, is cultivate. Right, exactly, but it's good. Yeah, that's true. Like there, there are, I have decks that are going to want to run this instead of Cultivate because the decks really care about tokens. And this is just going to synergize better. Sure, 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 sure. All right. Well, I have two greens that we can talk about right quick. The first one is Beanstalk Worm. It is basically just giant green beef. Um, actually, like probably vegetarian beef. But it's a 5-mana five 5-4 five, plant worm with reach. Uh, pretty standard stats, nothing too crazy there. Uh, it's got an adventure on it, though, for a generic and a green. It's a sorcery. You may play an additional land this turn. Plain and simple. It's basically explore, but you don't draw a card. I don't... It's kind of it's kind of explore, but the card you draw is always a 5-mana five 5-4 five, with reach. <laughs> it's always a giant plant yeah. worm, which is fine. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, look, I'm actively looking for interesting giant beaters to yeah. put in specifically Orpheo and Thrakus mm -hmm. and sometimes Ventmaw. Well, yeah, this is probably going Ventmaw because I can cast it for free, cast the creature side for free. Yeah. So it turns um, out I, I've just the card that I always want to draw off Explorer is a giant green creature. So this I think it's a giant green in creature. many ways better yeah. than Explorer. And it's got reach. So sure. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, reach is huge in our format, and I don't know. I just like it. It's giant. It's great. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, my last green card is going to be Troublemaker Oof. Is it Oof or Oofy? I think it's Oof. Oof. Uh, for a generic and a green, you get a 2-2 two, two Oof, who's doing something hilarious in the art. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, when Troublemaker Oof enters the battlefield, if it was bargained, Exile, target, artifact, or an enchantment an opponent controls. There is no regular ETB effect on this creature, so it has to be bargained for it to do anything. But I love, love, love the fact that it exiles the enchantment or artifact. There is no getting it back for them. And um huge fan of that. Huge fan of that. You gotta you gotta make it work, you gotta bargain it, you gotta sacrifice some of your resources. But I mean two fruit two two for two that you know, gets rid of problematic, probably enchantment. We don't have a ton of problematic artifacts, but it could hit an artifact creature. So, um, 
yeah, I'm just a big fan. It has Exile on it, and uh, I like it. What do you think, Liam? Do you like the oof? I don't know. It seems okay. Yeah. I don't think it's like, um, oh, I have Forest in my deck. I got to run the oof. But I could see it being like, if I am a very commander-centric you know, deck that runs green, I'll probably put this in there, especially if it's like colors that struggle with, you know, Golgari or something. What what am I going to do if they, you know, Oubliette, my commander, like I can deal with that. Yeah, so I I did uh, myself early comparisons with this to um, the Changeling from Kaldheim. Oh, the Mass Vandal, Vandal, Vandal. yes. Um, I I have since come to the conclusion that Mass masked vandal is is infinitely better than this oof oh um, for sure mass vandal is amazing well yeah like i when, when i made the comparison i was like yeah vandal's still better but i think the oof is close i, I don't think the oof is close anymore because the the vandal <laughs> targets something that's already gone that's in the graveyard versus the oof needs to bargain with something that you may not necessarily be able to do mm-hmm. and i just i don't know and and in addition to that the vandal also has changeling which yes, makes it that's useful huge, in a yeah. lot more decks than just a random move is. So yep. I, I just I don't know. Like it seems okay if you want a, if you want a second vandal effect here it is. But like I think I think there are enough removal spells that you would rather just run. Sure, especially if you're in multiple and I, colors. And I do like that the the cards that we have with bargain on them that are on permanence i like that they're an etb effect they're not a cast effect so i'm a big fan of that but um yeah i think you you summed it up pretty nicely i don't have any artifacts on my list what about you dave any artifacts uh there's only two artifacts in the set for us one of them is terrible (laughs) and the other one liam's gonna tell us about right now awesome let's do it it is candy trail it is one mana for a food clue. When Candy Trail enters the battlefield, you scry two. You pay two to tap and sacrifice it, and you gain three life and draw a card. That's like two for one right there. So yeah, new food clue. Is it a new egg? Or is it? I, this card, when it got spoiled, I was like, okay, cute, whatever, fine. And then like the more I looked at it, it just sort of kept getting better and better. Yeah. So I think it's really good. I, Maybe not like every deck, you know, must have sort of thing, right. but I just think it's good. I think it's pretty it's good, solid. Good card. Yeah, absolutely. It's really solid. Mm-hmm. I like for me, it's weirdly too generic to put into a lot of decks. Yeah. But like any every single deck that cares about artifacts or food or life gain, it's just a slam dunk. Yeah, absolutely. And it's cheap to get on board, like one mana. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Yeah, and it's it's another one of those that sort of like um, it's not as good as flick a coin or whatever flick the coin, but like it's another one of those cards that we got at common that just every line of text is fine, is good. There's no real drawback here to just running this card in your deck. You know, it doesn't have to synergize with anything specifically. Like it can just be good in every deck, and it can be super good in very specific decks. So yeah. I like it. I think before Liam, it's got a few things to talk about. I wanted to ask you guys real quick so we don't get too many more hours <laughs> into this episode. I thought it was going to be a whole cycle, but we only got two of them. What do you think of the hopeful slash hopeless enchantment cycle that we got? 
Uh, for I... the for the listeners, Hopeful Vigil is a white two mana white enchantment. When it ETBs, create a two two white with vigilant or white knight token with vigilance. When it's when this enchantment is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, scry two, and then you can pay three to sacrifice it. And then the black one is just a single black hopeless nightmare. When hopeless nightmare enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card, loses two life. When hopeless nightmare is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, scry two, and you can pay three to sacrifice it. <sighs> okay. I mean, I understand why why you would feel like it's an uh, uh, incomplete cycle, but it kind of is because Orzov is the color pair in the set that cares about the enchantments. So this would be one of that's true. This would be one of those like mini cycles that like you know it's it's a quote cycle because the cards are similar slash have a have a, a thematic thing going on, but like. It's not really a cycle because there's just not enough mechanical caring about it. We we, we sure. see these all the time. What do you think, Dave? I the first time I read the cards, I got really really excited about them. I was just crazy enthusiastic. I was like, "Oh, these are so good! I'm gonna have so much fun with them." And then I realized that it's almost impossible to recur them meaningfully. Yeah. So yeah. like, I was I was trying to imagine like. The, the each player discards and people lose two life. Like I, I started thinking about that with like Marsh Croc and I lost my mind. And then I was like, no, Marsh Croc doesn't bounce enchantments. I can't, I can't ninjutsu this thing. Like it only happens once, and doing it once is not very exciting. So I got kind of bummed about that. And then like I, I started thinking about the white one in Norika. Like, oh man, I can just make two two white knights over and over and over again that I'll never attack with because Norika has to attack alone. Yep. And I like I just got I got really depressed about both of them. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they're okay. I just wanted to get get your uh, y'all's input on them. But yeah, you're right. I didn't think about the Orzov deck being specific with these. I just assumed based on the name that it would be a cycle, but it makes total sense. I I think they're I think they're outstanding in the Neva deck. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. never, because never can recur them, and that's going to get out of hand. I think outside of, I, th I think as individual standalone like omens, like something that you use once and then sacrifice to scry to something else. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're like fine. They're good. They're good if you if you're planning on bargaining them. I think they're great mm, bargain yeah. tools in limited. I think they're going to be unimpactful in PDH outside of very specific circumstances, and I, I don't think any of my decks have those circumstances going on. So I don't think so either. You know, instantly being Orzov, being white black, Minthara comes to mind. They do trigger Minthara because they can leave the battlefield, but I just don't know if I want their effects in that deck. You know, there's yeah. not there's not a spot for them, but they're really cool. So yeah. Oh, sweet. I think Liam's got a couple things to go over, and then we'll hit the uh, outro on this evening of new cards. What do you got, Liam? Yeah, I just wanted to hit us up with a couple of uh, new art shout-outs real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Always a fan of new Since we didn't get any cool alternate showcases, let's talk about some new art. Yeah, uh, just some a quick, very short list of cards that got new art. Commune with Nature, Crystal Grotto, Evolving Wilds, Ginger Brute, Prophetic Prism, Sleight of Hand, and Titanic Growth. If you play any of these cards, please check out the new artworks because many of them are fantastic. Yeah, they really are, and I'm pretty excited about the new sleight of hand. Like that sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I didn't didn't expect it. The commune with nature, I am in love with because I did not like the original artwork. 
Yeah. It, like it's the one from uh, Neo or whatever. Yeah, like it's it's fine. It just I don't know what it's supposed to be depicting. This this crazy woman with an eagle. I I'm 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 not a fan. And the the new <laughs> art is is more reflective of of modern magic. Yep, big fan. Yeah, big fan. Uh, closing thoughts about Eldraine in one sentence, Dave. Go. I'm excited for limited, and honestly, I'm also very excited that it's going to be relatively unimpactful for PDH. Uh, after Commander Masters, I am ready for a bit of a break, and this is the break that I wanted. And so, despite the cards not being crazy powerful, I am extremely pleased with the set overall. I'm very excited about it. Excellent, excellent wrap-up. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's nice that we can just take a step back, we can breathe, we can focus on mm -hmm. very specific cards from this set that we want to have instead of just like, oh my god, they threw 50 cards at us that we have to play with right now. <laughs> like, So, what do you think, Liam? You, you a fan of Eldraine? It's it's okay. Part two. It's okay. Yeah. I, I think that was that's, sort of like the, the takeaway from our review is like, this card is great in... in two decks everywhere else it's <laughs> fine <laughs> so this card is really good in grace blade artisan and nowhere else so. right it's like a aggressively uh fine set so yep yeah so uh yeah i think we're gonna go ahead and uh get right into the outro but let's hit a few more things before we wrap it up for the week if you need more popper commander talk or have any questions about the format you can follow us on instagram and x slash twitter at the pdh pod we're that everywhere you can email the show at the pdh pod at gmail.com or you can head on over to the pdh pdh home base's website that'll take you right to their discord server you can find uh, pretty much all of us there just about any time you can find liam and i on said x and twitter at popper command and popper underscore b respectively and you can always find dave as the alcadron just about everywhere else pdh is being talked about all those links will be in the show details so so we're going to go ahead and uh, put the wraps on episode 63 for the week. But we want to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, uh, bargle those bargains, and we'll see you in about a week. Peace. Cheers. See ya. Everybody's just sweating because Alex's over there with a thousand <laughs> mana and he's like, pass the turn. <laughs> I, did, I did that in another game. Like, there's another game where I. I was playing, um, I think I was playing Gilderbaron, mm -hmm. and I, I hit Gilderbaron and Pentad Prism, and I was like, oh, I get infinite mana, and someone, someone was like reaching into their hand for a disenchant, and another player at the table was like, no, 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 I want to see what he does with this, and I was like, yeah, infinite mana, pass the turn. <laughs> <laughs> then, the, then the other players are like, see, I saved you a disenchant. See? <laughs> oh, that's great. I brought proper text at the party. Pop. I brought proper text at the party.